you can French kiss your neighbor. It doesn't matter. Fasten your seatbelts. It's going to be a bumpy ride. You've got a real attitude problem, McFly. You're a slacker. Oh, maybe you need a time out. Welcome to the Luke and Rory podcast. Here are two guys, knuckleheads if you may, who jump in front of a camera and do a Facebook Live show. You know, it's exciting. They have decided to take that Facebook Live show and put it into a podcast. Oh, good for you. Why? Because can you really get enough of Luke and Rory? Ah, <sighs> good one. Meet Luke Weaver, who's known for his dead sexy hair. You are an awful man. You are truly a disappointment to us all. Meet Rory Pitts, who's never found an apple cup he can't be disappointed about. I'm telling you, that man does not look stable. Two guys who went to the same high school, love the same music, love sports, love movies, and love their families. Look at these clowns and pig monkeys. All right. Looks like the boys are caffeinated and ready to go. I'm gonna get some coffee. You want some coffee? That's enough nonsense. Now let's join the show. Sound good? Well, I gotta put a little bit of pressure on you. I gotta tell you, uh, my wife, who never watches this show, yeah. period, ever, yeah. she's like, nope, I can't stand to listen to you for an hour of my day if I don't have uh. to. And uh, <laughs> she's like, recruiters are right? I'm like, yeah. She's like, oh, I'll be watching. I'm like, Sweet oh, okay, Rachel. good. That's great. Sweet yeah, Rachel. So she loves you. Holy smokes. I don't know. I mean, I'm sure it's true for 99% of everybody, but dude, you talk about outpunt your coverage. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's, that's all of it. Bro, 100%, dude. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm 100%. in the same boat, too. I'm in the same. I have oh, yeah. no business being with the wife that I'm with. She... In a in a moment of uh, just just not understanding the world, she said yes, and I said really. All right, let's go then. Let's do this thing. <laughs> now they wake up every morning and they look at us and they're like, "Damn it, yeah. you're still yeah. here." All right. <laughs> you guys are a mess. Yeah, I was thinking that the other day. I don't know who I saw on on Facebook or maybe it was, we had a little class of '97. I was like, dudes don't have it fair, man. Girls, they kind of. You know, at, at the very least, they stay the same as they get older. But there's a certain yeah. beauty about a, an older, you know, cougar or, or whatever, yeah. you know, whatever you want to call her. But there's no man version of cougar except for D-bag. Yeah, creeper. <laughs> right. Yeah. You know, if yeah. you see a 42 year old dude that's got a six pack and a full head of hair and, you know, uh, all beautiful he's got he's probably got all kinds of issues so yeah, that's, that's true they tried but a couple ladies, years ago, right because you're ladies you're right. you're, it's uh they season better than we do bro they st- that's a perfect way to put it yes they oh, season oh, yeah. amazingly they tried a couple years ago to make us feel better with that whole dad bod movement like no we're yeah, right, dad yeah. bod. And i'm yeah. like look i'm a- I don't. I don't need you to to fluff it for me. All right. Yeah. 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 You can leave that stuff at the door, man. That dad bod stuff. Yeah. We know. We know it was fake. Nice yeah. try. Nice try. Yeah. We are. We already feel good enough about ourselves. Don't try any harder. Rachel, to be to be fair though, Rachel. Uh, Rachel never lied to me about the dad bod. I'm like, no, the dad bod's in, and she's like, you're lying to yourself. All right. Just <laughs> yeah. figure it out. Yeah. Sorry. Okay. Yeah. 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 Hey, we got a bunch of people jumping in here. We got um, a bunch from your class in 97. There looks like the twinsies are on. We got Pam and Andrea you. Um, jumping on here. Renee Shepard, Preston, good morning, good morning. Steve Hastings is joining us. We got uh, Paul Carlson. He says, I didn't outkick my coverage 
and LP is awesome. I'm just more awesome. Attaboy, Paul. Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> <laughs> go if you if you got to lie to yourself like that, then that's okay. <laughs> he knows she doesn't watch the show, so he's safe. Paul uh, being humble as ever. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, dude. So, how is the Midwest, brother? How's it going out there? Yeah, it's. Uh, I don't know, man. I love it. I love it. I, I mean, I, I've, my life's taken me all kinds of different places in the world. I was born down in Springfield, Missouri. So um, okay. it's all that we all, you know, we always came back this way for summers, no matter where we lived. So it's always kind of been that little home base. Um, yeah. And uh, I don't like the, like the suburbs or whatever. And I'm, yeah. I'm, I've lived here for 11 years now, longest I've lived anywhere, but it's, you know, it, it, to put it in perspective, Olathe, Kansas is, um, it's a city of about 250,000 people right on the edge of Kansas city, right? Kansas right, city is right. not a huge city. Um, but we've got six, six, a high schools in town and it's Ooh, just because, wow. yeah, yeah. And it's just because it's really the only reason this town exists is to have quarter acre lots with, you know, $300,000 homes on them, you know, five bedroom, four bedroom houses. So it's just, as far as you can see, suburbs, cul-de-sacs, wow. stay-at-home moms. Yeah. Uh, you know. I would not have thought that. Yeah. Yeah. It, right on the outskirts of Kansas City. Um, it serves its purpose, man. I'm able to give my kids opportunities that, you know, that we didn't have growing up in uh, in Belfair but they also lack a ton of opportunities that we did have, you know? So yeah. it's okay, man, it's all right. But as far as this part of the world, give me about three, four hours south of here. And that's like, that's that's home, you know? I mean, everybody knows you're what home, what you're home is the Ozarks, like. You go south, right? Yeah, I mean, dude, you yeah. got it. Yeah, where, where you have, you know, some, some big hills and um, rivers, Oh, yeah, I mean, rural, rural areas. That was. We might get out there this summer. We're looking at it with with flights being as cheap as they are. Rachel's dad and uh, stepmom lives in um, uh, Bella Vista. Yeah, Bella Vista, Arkansas. So we've been talking about heading out there. She goes out there usually every summer. I haven't been out there, but uh, yeah, I, gosh, I got um, you know, Rachel lived in Kansas City for five or six years, and um, I went out there to see her years back and. Yeah, it is different, man. It is. Yeah. Uh, it's funny. I remember people were like, oh, you know, they talk about like the mountain or something like that. And I'm like, what are you talking about? My uh, kid's alarm's going off again. Don't worry about that. <laughs> Good Lord. We're on top so, of it like normal. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, they'd be, I remember someone saying like, oh yeah, over on that. Yeah, we're going to go for a hike up the mountain. And I'm like, what What do you, what mountain? I'm like, what am I missing? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I turn around, it's like a 300 foot sprawling hill. I'm like, dude, that's like a mole hill. Right. That's crazy. Right. But yeah. The Ozark Mountains are a whole lot different than the Cascades. Yeah, absolutely. But Kansas City, right? It's the uh what is it, the fountain capital of the US? Yeah, yeah. Fountain City, fountain capital. Yeah, a bunch of fountains, man. I guess if there's nothing to look at, you know, then you just build stuff to look at, which is <laughs> it's kind of cool, you know. They dye them red for Chiefs games and blue for you know Royals games, nice. stuff like that. So it's a cool little gimmick, but it's a gimmick. You know, yeah, well, it, you know, you do what you got to do. So, you know, what's kind of funny is I've totally forgotten with all this COVID 19 crap, totally forgot that you guys are home of the world champions. Yeah, 
yeah, go Chiefs, whatever. I, I, I'm not a Chiefs fan, really not a huge NFL fan. I follow it, you know, to – to uh, I got my own little story about the NFL. But, yeah, social literacy. I follow follow the Chiefs. But um, huge okay. Royals fan, huge baseball fan. Just not a – I soured on football. We'll, we'll just say that. I do, I do follow it. I love the game. But, uh, yeah, the NFL just rubbed me the wrong way during that little lockout. You know, okay. uh, 2009, 2009, 2010. Is that when they kind of had their little fake yeah. power? Yeah. Yeah. They yeah. they had a chance to give a bunch of money to uh, former players. Didn't do it. And I was like, nah, that ain't yeah. me. I, I get to choose where my money goes and it doesn't go to you guys. So, but okay. yeah, the, the Chiefs madness is, uh, is mad. Yeah. It's crazy around oh, here. God, yeah. The city's been waiting for, a championship there for forever you like know 50 I mean? years right yeah yeah it's it was uh super bowl three i believe um yeah. they yeah. won um with len dawson and you know back before oh, we were two two because because you two. can't forget about the one the only joe namath broadway joe super bowl three so yeah oh, super bowl yeah, two. yeah. All right. Sorry, yeah. that's my little nerd history part. No, of that's good, man. We need, we need, we need people that we need nerds. <laughs> yeah. Listen, if, I'm, if I know the most out of any group of people that I'm hanging out with, that group's in trouble. So I'm, I'm any anytime, bro. Yeah. Anytime. The football <laughs> madness is crazy. Dude, I would imagine it's funny too because I know you're such a baseball fan, and that's kind of been funny to me in the last few years. I see you just geek out on the Royals. Yeah. Because when I think Magruder, man, I just I, I think football, wrestling, whatever. Yeah. You know, like high yeah. Well, that was my bag, man. That was that was me all the way. You know, I yeah probably could have played in college if that's the way that things went. Um, love the game, right. and um, you know, I just soured on it, man. I. I the the CTE stuff came out and I, you know, looking back on it, I had my first verifiable, like, let's go to the hospital concussion when I was probably in fourth or fifth grade and three other concussions where I went to the hospital. I probably had no business playing football in high school because there's a ton of practices, games, whatever that I yeah. just I remember up to uh, a certain point and then it's like nothing. So mm. I'm positive that I've had, um, I don't know, dozens of concussions and yeah. or that's, maybe that's just my excuse. For, well, back uh, in our day, you know. if you got a headache, if you got a headache playing sports, it was called put some dirt on your head and go back out there. So right. things right. have changed a lot since we played. Yeah, I think I was in high school, probably a junior when um, I can't remember who it was, but one of the Minnesota Vikings um, players passed away on the field in in um, what are they, a training camp. Oh, oh Corey Stringer. Yeah, Corey, Corey Stringer. Stringer. Yeah, I, and maybe it was well after that, but there was an emphasis on hydration, and you know yeah. we had the whole two days, and, and they weren't as brutal as as you know as we made them out to be looking back on it, but you know, and of course it's Washington state and you know, it's, it's not Arizona or something like that. But, um, right. so the hydration part was there, but there was definitely a mentality, you know, as far as, you know, the, that fine line between hurt and injured and, uh, you know, head injuries, brain injuries, yeah. whatever, weren't even considered, 
you know, or, yeah. or, or not. I mean, it was nothing to get your bell rung or, or whatever. And then go back out there, buddy. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I can remember that even in, even in basketball, which, you know, obviously not as violent, but you know, you take an elbow to the head and I can remember just having the cobwebs having to kind of, you know, shake your noggin, but there was never ever like a question from a coach about like, are you okay to go back out there? It was just a yeah. matter of like, Hey, get some water. We'll get you back in there. You know? And you're like, right. okay. Right. Um, totally, totally different. It's funny you say that about the hydration. I remember when that became such a big deal. And now my kids recently, they watched, or like a year ago, they watched uh, remember the Titans for the first time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there's that part where coach Boot is like, water makes you weak. You know, and yeah. he's like, you know, we don't get water on my jersey and all this. And they're like, Dad, that's not. I'm like, hey, guys, this is different. Different world. Yeah. So anyway, so, the, you know, that was about 2009 that happened. And I was like, I don't I'm just I'm just done with football. You know, I don't I I, I kind of yeah. got that feeling where I was like, a, you know, an old roman citizen watching people in a coliseum and and yeah i mean they're well paid and and they know what they're getting into but again you know you get back to i get to choose where my money goes and eh, you know it's it's violent and um i was like yeah i'm gonna you know it didn't take a big social stance on it or anything but i was just like let me let me know a little bit about this baseball stuff and and I was, you know, I was always a passive baseball fan and, and didn't really, you know, I played, I think, fifth grade, sixth grade, seventh grade in there. Um, but then, you know, part of me moving back, basically moving every summer, I could never really, you know, get on a team because I was always going to have to leave or, or in Missouri, you know, I wasn't going to be there till halfway through the year um, or through the baseball season. So, yeah, about 2009, I was like, you know, screw it. I'm just going to start learning about baseball. The Royals sucked at that point. So no one could blame me for being like a bandwagon fan. <laughs> I just jumped on and, uh, you know, got season tickets shortly thereafter and just, you know, huge Royals fan ever since. Love it. Love baseball. And, you know, you talk about things you may regret or wish have gone differently, man. I really wish I would have had a chance to play as a kid. Cause, um, that's one sport where, you know, f- physically, right? I mean, unless you're just a freak like Muggsy Bogues or something, you're not right. going to walk in 5'5 five, five and, and play in the NBA. You're not going right. to be walking around, you know, 5'8", 185 pounds and play in the NFL. Right. Um, baseball, if you work your butt off and grind and, you know, you got to have some natural talent, but – Dude, there's no other sport out there that's so skill based. That's like, I'm going to bust my butt and get better at this game. And then once you start watching it, you're like, man, this thing really is a science. There's a lot to it. So, well, frick, if Babe Ruth could play it and he could also be a hitter and a pitcher and still be one of the greatest to ever play, I think that's a testament to all of us uh, dad bods out there. Absolutely. There's a lot of, and there's a lot of baseball guys that are, I mean, you think about even like, uh, you know, our guy around here, Edgar Martinez that we love so much. Um, Mm -hmm. I mean, athletically, that guy had no, no business (laughs) being what he was. Right. He was no free. Oh, dude. You know, he was freaking home plate to first base in about a minute and a half, but you know, he's putting them where they ain't. So it didn't matter. Right. Right. And I hate to bring him up because of everything right now, but you look at a guy like Jose Altuve, who is five six, yeah, um, and a hundred and nothing. And it's uh, my daughter just walked in. 
breakfast. Um, I mean, outside of the cheating, he's been an incredible player. And, you know, sadly, it had to go that way with him. But but there's a right. perfect example of a guy who doesn't have any size um, or anything like that, but just works hard, right? I mean, yeah. You, yeah. You know. And there's a there's a ton of stories about about guys that are just wired that way. And then just like any athletic thing, you're going to have your freaks who just have a ridiculous hand-eye coordination who, who don't have to work as hard. But baseball is one where, you know, if you, if you just – if I, I could almost – think or, or convince myself if you decided at eight years old you're like I want to play in the major leagues and you you know set your mind to it and locked yourself in a room practiced you know that became your life like that's one where you could easily make that happen yeah uh, not easily easily <laughs> delete, delete easily you could make it happen by working hard yeah yeah, so, yeah, yeah. I, I, man, I miss the heck out of baseball. I'm, I do. But um, now I coach my, you know, my son's team and active. I umpire games here locally. And yeah, a lot of, well, a lot of fun stuff. Well, hey, I got to give a quick shout out to Molly Picotti Baker, who just said hello to us. Molly is a walking mash unit right now. I don't know if everybody's mm-hmm. seen this. Uh, she had she had a little a little surgery. A little surgery a couple weeks ago, and last night or yesterday, she looks like she twisted her ankle or broke her ankle, and so now she is uh, hop along Cassidy for a little while. Goodness so, gracious, Molly, we're gonna have to um, we're gonna have to put some bubble wrap around you, and we're gonna have to make sure that uh, there's plenty of people by your sides to make sure nothing else happens. So she's gotta stay home and stay safe for a whole other reason. Good luck. I know she she's probably pissed off too. She's like. I get to stay home, stay safe, and now I literally have to stay home and stay safe. Crap! <laughs> well, I want to, uh, aside from baseball, I want to get into, at some point here, I want to get into uh, the story of Magruder, man. And, Holy uh, smokes. Which yeah, one? I know. I know. It's a Which lot to one? unpack, brother. It's a lot to unpack. But yeah. before, before we do that, how's it going with um, how's it going with all this uh, corona over there, dude? How's uh, She broke how both bones. Broke well, both bones and dislocated. Kind of our... Arc has been, we got out of, well, I went on a trip to um, New Orleans and uh, and Birmingham, Alabama. I had a good buddy of mine that made it to the Bassmaster Classic, which is like the Super Bowl of professional bass fishing. Mm-hmm. I'm no big bass fisherman or, or bass, you know, whatever. But a good buddy of mine made it, you know, we were there to, to kind of support. New Orleans is about five hours away from Birmingham. So we made it just a big, you know, a big trip. So this was, gosh, that would have been, it was the week after, um, well, they call it Fat Tuesday. Yeah, it was the, the week after that. So New Orleans was, was kind of dead. Um, and you weren't hearing really anything about coronavirus, you know, all the way through Birmingham, my way back. Spring break is the next week. And that's kind of when really, I guess I'd, I'd had my ear to the ground a bit, but um, you know, didn't think anything of it. So that Thursday before spring break, um, I'm terrible with names, so I just say homeboy or dude or, or <laughs> homeboy. homeboy from the uh, from the jazz tests positive. Oh, Gobert. Um, yeah, Robert. I think that was that Thursday. The next day, they canceled school the week 
the day before spring break. Oh, no big deal. All right. They don't want, you know, don't want anything happening. And then three days into spring break. And this is, I mean, back in the, gosh, it had to have been the second week of March. So, I mean, new news every day. Yeah. Uh, second day of spring break, they cancel school for the rest of the year. And, and Kansas was early on that bus. And then, um, so we knew then, all right, school's canceled. This is kind of a big deal. And then by the end of that week, of course, they'd had, you know, the, the non-essential shutdown. And there was a little worry about, because in my mind, like, I'm thinking, uh, what's essential, what's not essential? And I'm, yeah. I'm like, yeah. all right, so are they going to be delivering groceries? And everybody just truly stays at home. And then they roll out what's essential and what's not. I was like, oh, okay, it's just it's not really essential versus non-essential. It's just what they want to choose. So lawn care, landscaping, and that's the business I'm in. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's essential. So my job's been pretty steady, you know. Um, good. But yeah, we're, we're, you know, stay at home, orders, all that good stuff. And um, I think uh, nobody's sick. Hospitals are laying people off around here. So Wow. Yeah, because you have the whole deal where, like, you know, they shut down the non-essential um, uh, surgeries and and hospital right. visits, things like that, right? So, so all you know, and our and our our the impact of the actual coronavirus here is not. It's it's um, it's it's kind of superficial to me. There's a lot of you know the masks and and things like that but yeah traffic's yeah, yeah. really easy to get around but i've been working from home and you know i do the web development sales management marketing all that for the lawn lawn and landscape company um nice. so most of my stuff can be done from home that's good uh, my wife is a, a pharmacist or, or pharmacy technician she's been working a ton well, yeah she, it's yeah. like mail order pharmacy wow well, good. At least you guys are staying busy, man. Yeah, and, yeah. You know. kids are going crazy, driving me crazy. It's like <laughs> Kansas did this thing. I don't know if Washington did this, but basically we just finished up third quarter and they said, all right, if you've got a, a D or above, um, you can keep your grade um, and that'll be your semester grade. We'll roll out some, uh, some, you know, continual learning things, but none of it's required. So it, my kids heard that and they were like, so five months of summer break, right? <laughs> essentially, essentially. Uh, we um, ours is a little different. Hey, real quick, we got uh, Trevor Sweeney on here. Shout out, Officer Sweeney there, the east side of the Cascades. Trevor, um, ours uh, ours is a tad different over here. They, um, I was reading it through it yesterday. Actually, the kids are required to do work. I think you know what might be part of the difference too is when do y'all get out of school? Uh, I mean, it's significantly earlier, May yeah, 17th, May 14th, May, oh, yeah. yeah, we don't go into June. Yeah, so we don't get out, this year, I think our schedule release date was like June 23rd or something like that, so we still had a ton of school left, and yeah, uh, essentially, they're still doing work, they're still required to check in online with the teachers and uh, do the work, um, and then they're they did away with letter grades. It's all just basically pass fail. So you either pass to the next grade, or you know you redo you redo it next year because you're not redo doing it next it. year. Yeah. But it's all the letter grades are are good are gone, and it's just uh, you know basically pass fail. Do what you can. 
Um, and you know, we'll see you next year, but yeah, it's been, it's been crazy. You know, I don't know. You got family up here still, Laura, Doug. Anybody yeah, yeah, up here? Yeah. yeah. My brother lives in Sultan, Laura lives in Belfair, mom and stepdad, Ted live in, uh, Kingston, Paulsbo area. So yeah. Okay. Yeah. All kinds so of things. What's going on up here and all that. Yeah. It's been a oh, bit yeah. crazy, man. So, yeah. So, all right, man. Well, you said nothing was off the table, so let's get into what you've been doing, brother. Freaking, um, gosh, I think I was caught off guard by you being in Kansas. Uh, and I don't think I realized that when I was, because I had been, I was in Kansas City, uh, I think once around 2004 or five when I was still in the Marine Corps, because we yeah. had a, a detachment there. And so we stopped yeah. in on our way somewhere else to do an audit, but it was kind of like, you know, in in the night kind of a deal. Um, didn't really check anything out. And then came out there to see Rach when she was out there. I didn't know you were out there, dude. If I would have known, man, I would have come burn out yeah, some well, Yeah. So, I mean, my, you know, whatever we can, we can start wherever or start backwards or whatever. But um, I moved to Kansas City in uh, 2009. So I have, you know, it's, it's like I said, been about 11 years or coming up on 11 years. But um, before that, so in mid 2000s or early 2000s, I lived in, um, moved here from New Mexico. Um, Where yeah, were you in New Mexico? I, uh, there was a golf course down, I, I was in the golf business, uh, building and maintaining golf courses. So yeah, yeah um, mount, out down in the mountains in New Mexico, you talk about just the best climate in the entire world. This is about, Oh, 90 minutes north of um, El Paso, Texas, maybe a little bit longer than that, maybe two hours north of El Paso, Texas. Okay. And, um, but it's about 8,000 feet up. So about 7,000 7, where the golf course was about 7,000. So, you know, it could be 120 down in the desert, but it's going to be 85 in the mountains. And, you know, saying you get the afternoon showers and, and, you know, it's got big pine trees. So, yeah, that's why I was there, and um, we had uh, our third son there. I got three kids now. Eli is um, just turned twelve, and Katie's thirteen, and Emily's fifteen. So, wow. um, all three born in different states, but yeah, and, <laughs> and moved there from uh, the middle of Missouri, Lake of the Ozarks. I don't know if you know where that is, but not far from Rolla. You know, oh, I watch. Uh, well, and that's where Rachel went was Rolla. And, uh, I've for, seen the TV show, <laughs> and I watch Ozark faithfully. I know all about Dead it. Ringer. Dead Ringer for that town. It's a town of about a thousand people. That's about two hours from St. Louis and two hours from Kansas City. So the weekends, there's about a hundred thousand partiers in town, and during the week, it is deadsville and during wow. the winter it's the smallest town you could have met yeah so there's there's wow. definitely some corruption things like it's not far uh from a possibility to you know the that show ozark is like yeah that could happen i could see that happen <laughs> on there and you're like yeah he could have been that guy you know so I'm putting it on my list is my next career all right yeah we're gonna move to, we're gonna move. based on a true story yep yeah. exactly um well, take us, dude, take us back. I know a lot of people are curious, and I know you said nothing's off the table. So take us back to high school, man. How high all school. that ended, how all that ended what happened, where yeah. did you go? Uh, I know I know you um, you were a resident of Shelton for, 
for a yeah, hot minute. I lived, Shelton. I lived in Shelton for about, uh, gosh, what was it? Man, it wasn't as long as I thought it was, but <laughs> so seven, eight, yeah, it was it was long enough to to leave an impression on me. But um, yeah, so I mean, uh, I can I'll just break down that whole story. Um, yeah, it's because here's the thing, and I've been telling people, I'm like, uh, like what happened with that whole thing? Uh oh, the Weaver Weaver gerbils aren't working. Yeah, he's got too much too much uh, kid Wi-Fi going on. That's all right. Um, but yeah, I would imagine I you know it's it's not like I got to roll out a press release. I mean, and me and my buddies that were that were involved. It's not like we you know got to roll out the truth or write a story about it or whatever. But yeah, yeah I mean, it, for sure, no problem. Um, so. I guess uh, we'll just go all the way to the start of that story, right? Um, sure. So this would have been senior year, like wrestling season. Um, okay. It's probably January, because I think um, winter break was just winding up, and um, you know everybody's always looking for a few bucks and and trying to make some money. And uh, actually, um, Brandon Shoemaker was working for the PUD at that time and he was out weed eating and this is like all the way at the start of it so he was out weed eating some ditches for the PUD and this dude rolls up to him and just kind of asks him and says hey um you know I need help moving he lived up in Lakeland needed help moving um and just you know some random dude from out of town and Brandon's like, you know, a good buddy. And he's like, I, I don't have time to help you, but I know a guy that, that's got a truck and, and he's probably looking for a little cash. So let me get you his, his, or let me, let me give your name to him. And he gives yeah. me this piece of paper with homeboy's name on it. And um, so I call him and I'm like, Hey, you know, I heard you need some help moving. I'm your guy, man. I'm a strong young guy. We can, we'll just get this knocked out. Yeah. So, and, and I go to his house and, uh, and it becomes fairly clear in a short amount of time that he's got no interest in, in moving anything. And, and his interest is in uh, 17 and 16 and 18 year old young men um yeah and, and doing things with with those people that uh are probably you know don't fly over too well and how, how old are you at this point are you 18 yet or are you 17 I was 18, yep yep i turned 18 um august of my senior year so i was 18 my entire senior year gotcha so he offers me you know a, a pretty good amount of money to to you know engage in some uh, some proclivities that i was not inclined to engage in we'll just say that and and leave the rest of the imagination <laughs> yeah. um so so i left there and i actually contacted uh, the old mason county at that time and said you know there's this dude here's what happened it, i don't know if it's you know legally yeah. there's anything we can do but i just wanted to let you know that that this is the dude that's out there and in the meantime you know well, especially because the, and the reason i asked how old you were was there would have been a big difference if you were 17 when that happened i mean you're so 17 and that it, gets was, it, it would have been a life-changing difference 
to, yeah. <laughs> to be honest. Yeah. Um, for sure. So, uh, so anyway, I get to just kind of talking crap with my buddies, you know, um, about, about the guy. And then um, the idea, and it, and it was, you know, how guys are at that age. And, and yeah. you know, the idea comes up that, gosh, if he's got that kind of cash in his pocket, why don't we just go up there and take his cash? You know, he's a, he's a pedophile and a freak anyway, you know, who, who cares? So, right. you know, and, and, and that was, that kind of advanced from dudes talking about it to um, I showed uh, Daryl and, you know, whatever. There, I think everybody is pretty clear on the names, but oh yeah, we know. We know yeah, so I, I showed Daryl um, where the guy lives, and and honestly, um, that was the end of my involvement of, with the whole thing. Oh um, really? Yeah, hundred percent. And and you know, I know that rumors fly or whatever, but as far as as anything beyond that. Um, I wasn't involved, but wow. so anyway, the, the days and whatever, it seems like maybe weeks, but it's probably just days go on and, uh, and we're kind of, you know, we're still talking about it and, and just, I guess in hindsight, it would have been viewed as putting together a plan or whatever, but I was at regionals for wrestling and um, come back home and I give Daryl a call and Daryl's like, dude, I think I killed that guy. And I was like, oh, my gosh. Yeah. So so then from there on, it's like, all right, the, the, the police department contacted me. And probably what got me in the most trouble was that original contact. Dude, I was like a gangster in the middle of Baltimore. I was like, I don't know nothing about nothing. Never seen nothing. Never heard nothing. I don't know what you're talking about. They were like, well, you're the one that turned the guy into the police originally. Are you sure? You? I was like, dude, I don't even know what you're talking about. I was at regionals. I was wrestling. Yeah. And, yeah. and he's like, well, this is the situation. I was like, good luck, guys. Good luck. Yeah. So, um. You know, just the Daryl had a couple of guys um, who I won't say their names, but who who you know helped him on the on the actual night or whatever, and uh, and their conscience got the best of them, you know, and and maybe a little money, maybe a little opportunity to clear their name um, in order to talk about the other people involved. And that and, would be uh, that would be the driver, if I'm not mistaken, right? Yeah, the driver, and then um, you know the there's another guy who you know they they got rid of some evidence after the fact, you know. So, and that's fine, you know. I get it. it, it gosh, yeah. put in the same situation, I may do the same thing as far as you know, not not saying anything about it. So, right. Um you know, roll the clock forward probably about another week and I'm sitting in Miss Smith's English class and Rachel was actually in that class. Um, oh, yeah, strangely enough. And, uh, and the cops roll in and that's the last time I saw the light of day for, gosh, I think I was able to finally get out and come back to school 
and wrap up like the last two months, once it became more clear to law enforcement that, wow, this guy really wasn't too much involved in the, in the actual violent part of it. Yeah. Um, they let me, you know, out on, on house arrest. I went back to school and, and did all the pre stuff um, at home, you know? So then, then they get to, you know, so that's basically the event, you know, that, that, that happened. And, and obviously Daryl and, and his buddies, uh, not his buddies, but the other two guys involved went and, and, and I think Daryl maybe got a little carried away with his actions, but anyway, it was a violent, um, the guy was, was, was roughed up pretty well. So, um, I think a helicopter had to come land on the driving range and yeah, it was a, it was a big deal. They life flighted him and, and all that, but, um, yeah, so, so we go through the, the criminal justice part of it. Um, this is in January and, you know, they start seeing the different level of involvements and then probably sometime September or so they say, okay, here's the deal, Dave, you can go to trial. And, and if you go to trial and everything gets, gets, you know, stuck on you, like they're saying, um, you get 12 years in prison, 18 18 year old dude saying, telling him that, or my other choice was, uh, you know, a, a portion of my time served on house arrest and then seven months at, in, in WCC there in Shelton. And it was a, it was a tough decision, but, you know, and, and of course, you know, we, we weren't wealthy and I didn't have Johnny Cochran up there, you know, negotiating for me. Yeah. Old Sam Davidson out of Shelton. And, <laughs> and, you know, so I'm relying on this guy and, and that's, that's a whole other conversation. You know, the, the, the criminal justice system, if you give an 18 year old kid and he's like, well, it's a 50, 50 shot. All, all jury trials are, you know, it's just a matter. Yeah. We don't think that, that you would be convicted for this, but, but. It, it just depends. Right. You know, because you, you were involved and, and honestly, and, and the way I see it is without, without my planting the seed and, and, and being a little bit active in, in, I suppose what you could call the planning of it. Um, yeah, it wouldn't have happened. You know, that's the deal. And that's, that's what's yeah. on my conscience for for my whole life, right? Um, a little bit. You know. I remember it happening. I remember. Um, I remember the day at school that they came and got you guys because um, it, you know it's it's high school, so right. it like a hundred kids. Yeah. Class, yeah, yeah. By the time I got out of class, I mean it was down the hallways. You know, of <clears throat> that. Uh, you know. Daryl and David are gone and this is what happened and blah, blah, blah. And I remember a lot of us just being shocked. Um, and then kind of some of the details rolled out, like in my mind as big and as, you know, ox like strong as Daryl always was. He was just always yeah. such a softy, such yeah. a nice guy, you know, and yeah, you start yeah, hearing he is. Like, yeah, he is. He's a wonderful guy. Yeah. And then you're just like, wow. Um, you know, but we all, we all do dumb things obviously. And, yeah. um, and, and you know, a lot of those big soft guys are that way until you get mm-hmm. on the bad side, you know? Yeah. yeah. Don't mess with his friends. Don't, you know, he was a super, he is a super, me and Daryl are, are good friends to this day. 
Um, he's, but yeah, it, and it was a, it was a surreal time in a small high school, you know, for sure. Oh, absolutely. Sorry. Right, yeah. So you, um, so you got all, so you ended up doing seven months at Shelton. Is that what it was then? Yeah. Seven. And then, um, my, my whole sentence was like 17 months and I did, uh, it was like a year on or close to a year on house arrest. So they count that like two days for one, you know? So with good time and everything, um, it, I wasn't in there very long. And then a year of community corrections and, and I was pretty clear, you know, during that time that, that it was like, uh, uh, as soon as this is up, man, I'm, I gotta, I gotta bounce out of this town. You know, I, I'm gonna, I've got options. My dad works or worked at uh, Missouri State University, Southwest Missouri State down in Springfield. So it was always the plan, knock out that one year of uh, whatever you call it, parole or, or, you know, community corrections, what they call it. But yeah, yeah. But, yeah the biggest, the biggest part of it from my end of things is, you know, you give an 18 year old kid and and you don't understand the implications at 18 of, of what that, what that sentence entails and how it limits the rest of, of your life. Right. Um, yeah. And I and definitely would never, ever make the argument that, uh, you know, I was not guilty of anything. Um, I think there's something to be said though. And I always have like, um, you know, knowing what we knew of the story, there's something to be said too, though, because and it's funny because when this has come up throughout the years, when people went to our school that knew you or or whatever, and like, hey, what do you what do you know about that, or did you hear anything about that? Mm-hmm. Um, and and to me, you can't tell the story without like laying into this a little bit. Is like, I don't want to say you you never want to say uh, somebody brings something on themselves. No, but when you're a no dude, one deserves that. No, but when you are a dude that is um, recording young men in a in a not legal sense, yeah, you know proposition. What I'm I mean, that's what he was. That's what it was. Is proposition him. You know, if he were to get caught, you know, by the law, if I were wearing a wire or something, it would have been against the law, yeah. right? And 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 the PD was like. I mean, it's yeah. your word against his. There's nothing we can do about it, but thanks for letting us know about him, you know. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And, you know, I, uh, you know, I think about myself, how would I have reacted at that age, 17, 18, with a guy like that? And God only knows if it would have been different or, or, or not. I mean, you take that kind of, I think, at that age, especially, you know, right, like small town, you, you know, your machismo is, is every bit who you are and so you know you got that kind of thing going on and it's um it's a weird kind of thought for me to be like uh you know here i am a you know father and you know four and uh you know law-abiding assistant law-abiding assistant but at the end of the day i'm still kind of like look i'm not saying he deserved it whatsoever but also like hey man bad stuff happens when you start trying to proposition boys <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, bad um, stuff happens to bad people. So, yeah, I'm with you, man. It's it's not like he deserved it, but um, right. I, I mean, you take that situation and put it in, you know, Huntsville, Alabama, and things probably just kind of go away, you know. But mm-hmm. we're, you know, we're in the Seattle Olympia media area, and and it got, um, it got 
out. It, so it, what never got out, and and it was because it was completely unprovable, was the fact that he propositioned me. I'm not a lot. I mean, that's a hundred percent did happen. But they got you know they're not going to let that come out because of legal reasons, right? Um, it it was not possible for it to come out in court. It was you know all of that stuff, um, which which made you know, our case a little bit tougher. Um, But yeah, I mean, it's, you know, I'm I'm right there with you. You can't say, well, he deserved it. But but at the same time, 18 year old dudes, man, you you gotta, you know, they're gonna make stupid decisions and and stupid stuff's gonna happen. And um, some people might say serves them right. You know, 41-year-old Dave doesn't say that, but I'll be damned if 18-year-old Dave didn't say that. You know what I'm saying? And and I, yeah. I think Daryl feels the same way right now. And, um, yeah, it's uh, – think- but, yeah, so, so that was it. And, then, and like I said, man, the criminal justice system, working through it, you give an 18-year-old kid a chance to choose between a 50-50 shot of, of spending what at 18 seems like the rest of your life you know that's 12 years right well you know you're gonna get out as a 30 year old dude to us now it's like gosh that would have been no time at all but at 18 that's half your life man and it's like all right so yeah how would your life change i mean you think about you know your wife and your kids and you know your education and where you're at now and and i and I think, too, we'd be remiss to not point out, I was talking to Rach about this last night a little bit. I was like, you know, the great thing about all this is um, look at uh, look at Dave and look at Daryl. Like, they could have defined their entire lives. Yeah. And they're just good dudes out there living their life, doing their thing, man. And, like, um, you know, I um, a lot of people, this happens, and then it's a spiral, right? And it becomes it becomes something bigger than what it originally was. And neither one of you allowed that to happen. I mean, that's that's a statement to both of you guys. Um, yeah. As far as who you are. Hey, P- Pamela, I see the question. Right, my kids are basically in the room. I'm a I'm a no uh, I'm a no secrets type of uh, of individual. So yeah, it's it's yeah. It, we talk about everything. So yeah. Um, how that's do awesome. I talk about it with my kids? Um, number one, if you ever get arrested for anything, don't immediately say i need my lawyer right now that's no that's number one i don't care if it's for shoplifting whatever police officers don't like it but after seeing the way that that and and i'm definitely not saying that every police department is wired this way once they get something in their mind of of the way they want something to go dude it's lights out for whoever they want it to be lights out for and um i'm thankful that that most people aren't that way and most police departments aren't that way but uh, the unfortunate truth is that some are you know so Mm -hmm. and and quite honestly if i wouldn't have if i wouldn't have made a statement and and my 18 year old arrogance um thought that i was going to talk my way out of something by by basically telling the truth like hey i i didn't do i wasn't that involved you know i showed the guy the house if i would have said none of that i there nothing would have happened to me because they wouldn't have had anything on me to to be able to, to prove it so that's number one and number two is just 
talk to your parents about stuff, man. You got, I mean, you know, that was, that was my deal. And, and my, again, back to my 18 year old arrogance, I thought I was going to handle everything myself. You know, I thought I had everything under control yeah. and, and this was something that, that definitely got far, far, far out of, uh, out of any of our controls. So yeah, I, I That's speak crazy. openly about it with them, but yeah. Were you, um, were you like that with your wife when you met her? Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. I think we were on just our. Like, hey. Yeah, I mean, as soon as I realized it was more than just you know hanging out with her at a bar and and you know, yeah, we had that conversation and and you know, it, it was because yeah. it, it it impacts you know, it impacts your life and you know she's going to ask me someday what she, she, this was a question that she would probably ask someone like me. She's like, dude, you're you're so smart. Why aren't you a doctor? or you know something like that but maybe maybe not really but it limits limits career choices it limits things like that but um you know so she had to know she had to know yeah and but you're doing i mean good lord dude you're doing all right man i mean good lord you went to school you got kids you're yeah it didn't define me as a person you know that's the difference you take somebody who who lives that life right and and spends their high school years out raising hell and and robbing stores and they just eventually get caught and the same with daryl you know he wasn't that guy it's not like he was a, a, a an assault provider for hire or anything he just he just did it was just a, a an unfortunate choice that that led to that and and the only you know the the aftermath proves it you know i think daryl daryl actually ended up getting you know getting that 12 year sentence with the same the same thing that that i possibly could have gotten and um God, he hasn't been in trouble since and neither have I, you know, it's not like we yeah. are those dudes. We're not gangsters running around, you know, causing problems. So, but yeah, that was, that was essentially the, the entire story. And I mean, just going through that process and, and, and living in Shelton for, for seven months with people who would never have the opportunity to get out, just, just kind of, that set the perspective that I have that may not have ever happened that, you know, anybody, everybody on earth is, is one choice away from, from having it all ripped away, whether it's, you know, something you do stupid that, that causes your death or deciding one day, you know, gosh, I wonder what heroin feels like, or, you know, because most of the people in there, that's, that's their deal, right? Is, is they, no one ever wakes up one morning and says, let me try being a junkie today. You know, I just want right. to try it for a little, you know, it's just a, a, a series of, of tough choices that lead you down that road. And every dude sitting in there was, was just a, a function of some, some bad choices they made. And then also um, immediately thereafter, it was like, all right, so now I get to choose how the rest of my life goes. I can, I can, you know, I can say, well, it was me and, um, you know, be a victim or I can be proactive and be the hardest for anybody ever met and actually carve out a little life. So and a lot of it behind me now and actually well on the way to getting, you know, all of my rights restored. So that's what uh Auntie Donna's asking if you looked at and having it expunged. Anyone in Washington that 
we have a good friend of ours who's got something on his record even it's a lot more serious than than this um yeah. as far as um it's just as far as how it looks and he's working on that he's trying to get it expunged yeah. so that he can have his rights back that you know he wants to go hunting and he wants to yep. vote or whatever. Yep. Yep. It's not a, it's not an easy process. It's definitely not a cheap process, but I'm in the process of doing that right now. Same thing. So, Good. yep. Yep. Good for you, man. All yeah. right. So you get out of Shelton and uh, you did whatever you get your year of corrections. And then uh, what you hopped on a bird and headed for, yeah, jumped in the truck, or yeah, you got it. Basically, I um, got out of got out of Shelton, bebopped around town, worked here and there, worked over in Seattle, putting up scaffolding, which is, by the way, the hardest job that exists. Um, wow. I've done concrete, landscape. I mean, you name it. Putting up scaffolding on big buildings is, oh, it's so hard. Um, Berg scaffolding in Seattle. Yeah, it paid well. And I was like, that's really all I want. You know, I'm a young guy, good body, whatever. Yeah. And and let's let's rock and roll. So made some money. And yeah, the plan was the plan before all this happened. I was like, I had either been to MEPS or was just like had my had my schedule date for MEPS. I was going in the Air Force. And that okay. was that was my plan. And of course, you know, that that's squashed immediately. I entertained the idea of going to Western Washington University and trying to walk on and play football, but um, ended up just saying, "No, let's let's go to uh, let's just go to let's just go to Missouri and and start this thing over." So was able to do that. Yeah. And went to college, um, joined a fraternity there, a small little. I mean, it was almost exactly like living in Belfair, just a bunch of small town guys. We had about. 15 guys in the house and um, uh, majored in agronomy there, got into the golf business and met my wife and I drug her all around the world. And, and like I said, I moved, I lived in, I was born in Missouri, moved to Connecticut, moved to Scotland and then moved to Washington, different elementary school, different high school. Uh, no, I was in Belfair from eighth grade on. So that was the longest. But I, I told my wife, I was like, when we have kids, you know, when they get to kindergarten age, I don't I don't want that life for them. So let's shut it down. Yeah. And wherever we are, let's just live there. And not again, like I said, man, not in love with Kansas by any means, but um, it's where we live. Love it now, I guess. <laughs> well, yeah, you know, Rach and I have had the same thing. I know Rory, Rory's kind of in the in the middle of that thought himself. Yeah. Um, they've talked about moving back out to the West Sound. Um, Rach and I want to get out of state. You know, we've looked at <clears throat> Montana, Idaho, Wyoming, different areas. Um, but not with the kids, right? I, I, I just, I, I, I'm the same way. Yeah. I want them plugged in. You know, yeah. Rory's got uh, Rory's got a daughter who's in high school that he doesn't want to unplug. That's yeah. You know, my kids have been. We're fine. My kids have been lucky in the fact that they've been shown basically the whole. United States or at least anything west of Missouri and they just, they're just like why do you guys live in Kansas we hate Kansas Kansas is ugly so I'm sure that my kids are going to end up scattered everywhere and and I've told Sarah I was like when we when they get out of, of school um why well, I just we're just going to live in a freaking RV and just 
roam around the country. I'd love to be one of those guys, you know, when you go to the those um, campgrounds or whatever, and and you see the old couple yep. just parked there, and they're like, oh, we're the Rangers or we're you know the whatever they are, you know. Yeah. Just, that'd be the job right there, man. Just bounce between North in the, in the summer and South in the winter, that would be my dream job. So that's probably where we'll be. I'll always have a piece of land down in, down in the Ozarks just cause that's my home and, and I love it down there. But yeah. Um, oh gosh. And you guys know it goes so dang fast. It's like when they're born, you're like, okay, here's 20 years of this stuff. And then now it's like, Eli just turned 12. And it's like, do you know that in 10 years, he's going to have his own deal going on. 10 years is nothing. So. Yeah. It's, um, you know, Rory's got uh, two grown ass kids that are off in the world on their own, you know, and uh, my oldest is 14 and it seems like, brought her home from the hospital and now i'm like you know she'll, she'll be a freshman come fall and then it's like goodness gracious i know i go to bed one night and wake up and that's going to be over you know and she's going to be out in the world and out of my hands where i can't you know wring people's necks that mess with her or whatever and um it goes by so fast dude it's just crazy to me it's it is insane isn't uh, it yeah yeah i mean like you said you you kind of you have days you're like, oh my gosh, how many more years of this do I have? And then, <laughs> then it's gone heartbeat, man. Yeah, yeah, it's quick. It's quick. Rory so, was luckily, kid. I've, I've, I mean, I've spent my whole life working for small businesses and, you know, you get a small spell where you got to prove yourself, but you build a little resume in an industry like like I have and, and working on, I've, I've had a yeah. chance to build and work on some amazing golf courses and it's led to where I am now. And like you said, man, um, got a decent little life carved out and, and, you know, talk about regrets and are there things I would have changed? Oh my goodness. Yes. Without a doubt. But everything I've done has led to me being who I am now and having the life I have now. And I wouldn't trade that for, for all the, you know, all the trees in Washington. <laughs> it's a lot of trees, bro. That's a lot of trees. <laughs> they keep trying to take them down. It's you know, it's I'm sure I, I remember uh a post from you to, was it last too long ago actually talking about being up here. Beautiful uh I was up there in January. I was up there in January, but yeah. we, you know, and uh, and then I'm and then I'm reminded of a, a time Kate Lawson and I went there. And those Weaver hamsters. It's, uh, it's just yeah. you, you point about how beautiful it is. You know, Casey likes to. Oh, did I lose it again? Yeah, you you're. Uh, your little interwebs is on the struggle bus, buddy. <laughs> it's probably because these kids keep coming in and out. Yeah, uh, it's it's good It'll most of the back. time. It's just back. only when you have something important to say that it cuts out. <laughs> <laughs> Upgrade that modem, he says. Yeah. Goodness sakes. 14.4 might be too fast in Graham. <laughs> I'm coming. 
All right, he's coming in slow, everybody. He's coming in cold. That's <laughs> yeah, all good. It's all good. But yeah, it's uh, it's a wild ride, man. And that here I am, you know, halfway or so through with life, and and uh, and love it. I really like it. I agree, Auntie Donna. It is a good go. life. Yeah, it's a, it's right. Mason County, man. That Mason County Sheriff's Department is trying to shut down the truth there. Yep. <laughs> Good. Man. Anyway, my point was, you were talking about Kansas. And the kids were like, why do you live here and all that kind of stuff? And I remember when you were here last time, you were talking about how beautiful it is up here. And I love it, dude. That's true to a point. Well, it's gorgeous. And, you know, I was saying what I was, what I was trying to say or what I was saying to myself when I realized that no one was listening but me. Um Casey and I go fishing quite a bit out in the Olympics and he always, you know, we, he'll look around. I remember him saying one time, he's like, man, this is our backyard. Look how beautiful it is. And I'm like, it, it truly is. I mean, it is Washington, but what goes hand in hand with that is the political machine that you deal with around here, the taxes that you deal with around here. Um, everybody with a hand in your pocket kind of a deal. Um, and I know for the longest time for me, it was, I didn't care. Um, about it all because I love the state and for being an outdoorsman, um, you know, it's great. But I, you know, it, it finally got to me three, four years ago where I told Rach, I'm like, man, these kids get out, you know, and we're living that RV lifestyle. We're out of here. <laughs> we're, yeah. we're buying a tiny house in the mountains of Montana or something Dude, getting out. Could you imagine how pissed the Native Americans were when when the white man rolled in there? They were like, we got this place to ourselves. We're managing it perfectly. We're keeping our community sizes small. And then this. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Because it is it is quite honestly, you know, and, and like I said, I've been everywhere or darn near everywhere. It's just when the sun pops out, for sure, it's the most beautiful, aesthetically pleasing place on the planet that you could imagine between the mountains, ocean, rivers, freshwater, salt. I mean, dude, there's no place in the world like it. But like you said, you know, you want to drive three hours to work every day or do you want to pay one point two million dollars for your two bedroom condo? Yeah. Which one do you want? Yeah. It's it's crazy. You know, uh, Jeff Reynolds is up there in Seattle. Yeah. And he's, he does condo, you know, yeah. and uh, I mean, it's his living and he makes the money doing it and all that yeah. kind of stuff. But I, yeah. you know, I, I talk to him and then I see, you know, some of the stuff that he's selling and I'm like, man, alive. I couldn't do that life. I tell you what, man, it's uh, it's just you know, neighbors side by side, everyone stacked on top of each other, kind of a deal. Yeah. Couldn't do that life, but uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, where we're at, I'm out in Graham. Uh, you know, going towards Eatonville, and um, mm -hmm. you know, we'll hop in the car, and we're at Mount Rainier in a heartbeat, and um, get outside, and that's great. It's uh, so you know, and that's the other part too. And living in New Mexico, and and you guys have traveled to the west outside of western washington um so in new mexico dude every we had to drive an hour 45 so sarah could give birth to our son um Ooh. and 
Albuquerque's three hours away. We had a little Walmart in our town, but it's like everything was three hours away and it just wasn't a big deal. You just drove to it. But I was like, gosh, everything seemed so dang far when I was, when I was younger, like to get to Seattle was like a a trip. But now I I just wish I would have had that same perspective I had living in New Mexico when I lived in Washington, because it was like, dude, everything in the world that you want to do is within an hour of your house yeah. depending on what time of day you leave you know yeah <laughs> what day it it's is. funny your perspective though because i mean i grew up um on mason lake yeah so being on the lake if i want to take a girl out you know to the movies or something yeah silverdale yep so you know it'd be a 45 minute drive or whatever 45 and, minutes right yeah but when you grow up it's funny because um I, you know, I got friends now they are like, oh, I wouldn't drive more than five or 10 minutes to get to the movie theater, you know? And I'm like, if you wanted to go take a girl out, you were driving 45 minutes at least. Like yep. that's what you were doing. Yeah. And so I live way out here, you know, and people are always like, man, don't you hate driving into town? And I'm like, look, I would rather drive in to town and deal with a little bit of traffic. And then when I get home, I am relaxed and where I want to be. You know, yeah. and have some quiet than yeah. living in the middle of the city kind of a deal. Yeah. Try living right in the suburbs. I mean, if it's over a 15 minute drive, people are like, oh my gosh, what am I going to do? It's so far. <laughs> you know, it's like, seriously, 15 minutes? Yeah. Like, oh, I'm going to that one. It's so much closer. It's like, you realize that that one's 20 minutes and that one's 15 minutes, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. Five minutes are huge. Yeah. Shut up, dummy. Just yeah. um, just joining the show, um, the lovely Miss Stephanie Van Dyke Shoemaker. Hey, tell your husband <laughs> to return my text. <laughs> get Brandon on a Zoom meeting. He's got he's got hell. He's got seventeen or eighteen kids. I understand. He's probably oh, good. dude, right? Every, I, Stephanie, are you guys done? For goodness sakes, it's uh, it's getting started, buddy. I apparently, man, they got a colony going on out there. They're just taking over. So, um. I need to get with uh, I need to get him and get a virtual adjustment or something for my back. Goodness gracious! Yeah. Um, yeah. All right. Well, yeah. Good to see. You. Good to see you, Stephanie. Hope you guys are doing well out there. I just saw them actually. We saw them recently at um, uh, Coach's Memorial, right? Bill Geyer's Memorial, not too oh, long yeah. ago. Um, yeah. That was uh, what tough times, man. But Brandon, Brandon did himself proud, man. He had a he spoke and. Um, he had uh, probably the most heartwarming story to talk about um, with Geyer. It was it was yeah. pretty cool. So not surprised. Yeah, absolutely. Surprised. Like I said, man, and I tell people this every chance I can. You know, as far as small towns go, it, it never blows my mind. It never ceases to to blow my mind how successful the people we went to high school with our for the for the most part right yeah um, and and being such a small town and and the disadvantages you have from from being in a small town but but man really 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 good people and I, and I, i'm definitely blessed to have moved there in eighth grade and and have been you know small towns get a little clicky um you know and and i think some of my family members experienced the, the the negative side of that, but I was I'm thankful to be you know accepted as as one of one of Belfair's own and and to have grown up in that environment and uh, and made yeah. the friends I've made because man those friends that I've made are are honestly some of the best people um, that that I've that I still know and and gosh that that makes me want to live back there a little bit but 
you know, thank goodness for technology. If Brandon would ever just return his text or, <laughs> or, or get on a Zoom, you know, one of my Zoom parties on the weekends, um, could make it that much easier. But just knowing when I go back that that it's just like old times. You know how it is. I haven't. Yeah. Gosh, who was it? Somebody for well, it might have been Daryl. Hell, I hadn't talked to Daryl for probably twelve years or something, and. Um, we met up one time back there and it was a little tenuous to start with because we hadn't really talked since, you know, sorted it out. We yeah. just met up, dude, and we talked like like it like it was us riding from Tahuya to school on the bus, man. Just like nothing. So yeah, great place to be from, great people. Yeah. Um I saw uh not too long ago I I saw a picture that you had posted. Um Gosh, it was you and Shu, I think, and Ronnie. Uh, mm -hmm. And I can't remember who else is in the picture. Van Dykes, yeah. So on yeah. our big road trips, we every other year I've taken the kids on a road trip from from Missouri or from Kansas, Kansas City, you know, down to New Mexico, out through the desert to to Northern California, up to Washington, and and we met up with Ron. Um, uh, he's got that place out in, um, in Blue Lake, uh, uh, kind mm -hmm. of afraid of that area. Yeah. Um, and, uh, this last time we went, we, uh, the shoemakers and Van Dykes were out at, gosh, I can't remember the Lake Roosevelt, I think, but out even a little further West of there, but you know, a couple hours or an hour drive away. So we were like, yeah, let's go up there and hang out. Yeah. We went and hung out for a night and yeah. Again, just like old times, man, just visiting and, and chopping it up like nothing. So yeah. Rachel, uh Rachel, she she'll tell you, she always says it. She loves when like uh Crab and, and Casey Lawson and myself, like we all get together and just sit around. She's like, It's the same stories that I've heard a hundred times from you guys, but they're yeah. just it's hilarious every time. And she's oh, like, and fun. I just and I, I'll just sit there and listen and laugh and um, you know, it's it's different, man. It's um, I think there's something to be said. You know, Pam says Chris doesn't understand it, her husband, but um, there's something to be said about small groups like that, man. And and where you oh, know, huge. where you know everybody, even if it's not huge. technically part of your like inner circle or whatever, right. you know everybody. Right. You know and I mean, honestly, neither one of you guys I I knew yeah. extremely well in in right. high school. Any any better than than I would have known I mean you guys weren't my running buddies or anything like that but yeah um I think Rory was probably more towards like my brother's age my brother graduated in 95 I guess 94 or 95 um but I knew of you guys and then of course when social media starts coming around and and you know connecting with old old friends and just yeah. You got at least some, I mean, and, and a pretty solid foundation with that person, even though, you know, you don't know them that well, you, you want to let them know, hey, man, if you need anything, I'm here for you. I may be in Kansas, but, and then, you know, things, things go from there. So, yeah, that's weird. I don't, um, I don't know about you, you know, I'm thinking about you and, and Ron and all those guys. I'm still in my closest group of friends with those guys that I knew back yeah. then. I mean, Probably. If, if I would have if I would have stayed in Washington, there would have been no doubt. And of course, my college years, because it was the same situation, bunch yeah. of small town guys. I have friends from college who are as good of friends 
or, or close to that level. Um, and then, of course, I got the advantage of none of them living more than three or four hours away. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, so those guys are really, really, really good friends. But yeah, I mean, and, and quite honestly, somebody from North Mason, from the class of two, you know, like Rick Beal, somebody that I went to school with, dude, if he ever rolled through Kansas City, I'd be like, I don't if I got to drive an hour to share a meal with you, man, hit me up, dude. I just want to see yeah. you and chop it up for a bit. And really that goes for anybody, um, you know, from, from that yeah. era of my life or that season. Right. You know, yeah. well, it's, it's, um, uh, I, you, you mentioned college and stuff. It's like, I have a couple of my closest friends in the world are from the Marine Corps that I still, you know, with that I ride or die with still, but, um, that I would do anything for, but it's, it's about, I think bearing witness to the same things. You know what I'm saying? Like you mentioned Rick, you know, Rick was two years behind me. So that makes him three years behind you. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, at, but you would sit down with that dude, break some bread and never run out of something to say because you never. guys witnessed never. the same, yeah. you know what I'm saying? The same life. Yeah. Here's one that was, uh, that was a little bit weird, but it partially speaks to the dude and partially speaks to that, to the, that way of being raised. Um, Caleb Cox uh lives in minneapolis and okay. three years ago um the vikings opened up their new stadium up there yep. and uh and metallica was playing their first live show in like seven or eight years and um my buddy is a huge metallica fan and i'm just a live music energy fan yeah so we found we we got tickets to it and we actually I, I just hit Caleb up. I was like, hey man, we're coming into town, you know, I'd love to meet up with you. And he's like, dude, I got this many couches, this many beds. I was like, Are you sure, man? It's with two guys you've never met. He's like, I don't care. Come on up. We stayed in his house. He fed us, gave us wow. everything we needed. And it was like, I mean, part part of that's the guy and and part of that's I would say a, a huge part of that is the way that guy was raised, which is a function of, of that town, you know, and that area. And it's not unique to, to Belfair. It's unique to, to small towns like that. I think yeah. it is maybe a little unique to Belfair, but man, what, what a cool uh, step, right? I, uh, I relish that dude. I, you know, just, you know, you're talking about Caleb, you know, being like that. And I think, yeah. um, I, you know, I tell people all the time, it's, we never locked our doors, man, mm -hmm. like uh, in, in Belfair. I can remember, gosh, I came home my senior year. No, right after I graduated. So it was the fall after I graduated. I was off at doing whatever. And I came home and I walk in the front door and Rick Beal sleeping on my couch. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm like, bro, what are you doing? Like, right, what time is it? Aren't you supposed to be in school? And um, essentially, for whatever reason, he got out of class. He's there. He can hear us. And uh, he knew that my couch was open. My dad's door was open. And so he headed over to the uh, the Weaver Manor and freaking took a nap on the couch, you know, just walked right in, took a nap on the couch. And that's how our house operated back there. You know, I don't uh, we kind of just everyone just kind of came and went. Um, and I know Pitts was the same way because I was running around with Russell up there at Trails Inn and we were coming and going and Rory and his buddies were coming and going and beating the tar out of us on their way in and out. So <laughs> I love that chair. I love that pattern on that chair. That, that speaks Kansas right there to me. <laughs> like, oh. like Dorothy, like Dorothy Gale wants her chair back. <laughs> yeah, let me, let me, yeah, exactly. Let me tell you that story. Um, <laughs> and I think, I think the story about Dorothy Gale. <laughs> yeah, no, 
I hope you guys have a long time because we could probably go on forever. But so I think I, gosh, I think I hit Rory, one of you guys up um, when I found out about this deal. But um, this house is five houses down from a from a duplex I lived in um, when we first moved here, and we, you know back to the idea of of not leaving elementary schools here so our town's chopped up into one mile squares if you move one mile over you go to a different elementary school Um, so i was i didn't love all the houses in the neighborhood because it's a lot of 1975 you know three bedroom two bath houses right 225,000. you know nice houses um good prices, but we really needed a four or five bedroom. Um, yeah. And we didn't want to, you know, do the work to, to completely rebuild the basement. But I was across the street um, just working for this lady that, that was in my neighborhood, an older gal that just needed some yard help. And um, this old dude, he's a, like a Vietnam vet, you know, shirt off, beer belly, a beer in one hand, a smoke in the other walks across and is we're just chopping it up and the guy's like yeah i think i'm gonna you know i think i'm gonna get rid of this house i, I i'm ready to move out of this neighborhood i love the neighborhood but man i want I, i'm kind of wanting to get rid of it but and i'm you know we're just shooting it back and forth and and it, you know he wants to do it no realtor just go to the bank sign the papers and and the price he shoots me is about 30 grand below, you know, what houses in the neighborhood are going for. And I'm like, dude, if you get serious about that, you know, give me a call. Um, and, and I'd love to, I'd love to see if we could make this happen. And sure enough, um, a year later, and he's like, Hey man, I'm, I'm ready to get out of my house. I, I, it needs work that I'm not ready to do. And, um, I'm ready to go move into an apartment type of deal where I don't have to do anything. So we, we, you know, we got everything put together and, you know, no real inspection and, and, and things like that. And just a little bit of the roll of the dice on my part, but I made his life easier and he made my life a lot easier. So, um, just bought a house in its five bedrooms, you know, two bathrooms, perfect for my family, right on, right, you know, two houses away from the elementary school, a quarter of a mile from the middle school and a mile and a half from the high school. So that's a co-op right there, bud. Yeah, it worked well, man. And, and I was a little hesitant because we'd never bought a house before, you know, we, we, yeah. we hadn't done anything like that. So I was very hesitant about about doing it. And I think I shot one of you guys a message and you were like, okay, here's the pluses and here's the minuses. This is basically what I thought. I mean, it's like the place could fall apart in a year and you would not know about it. But, you know, chances are if, if it was going to fall apart in a year, you know, there'd be other houses in the neighborhood. It's, it's one of those neighborhoods where like there's four house designs and you get, you know, it's one of these four designs. It's like, okay, the garage is under this part. Okay. That's design number one, you know, so they would all be falling apart. So a little bit of a roll of the dice, but yeah, we saved a bunch of money on it and um, put a bunch into it, redoing it before we moved in. But yeah, it was a smoking deal. And how long you guys been there? Uh, Not even a year yet. Um, August. Yeah. So, eight months seven months nice dude yeah worked out well instant equity but if i ever buy a house again i'm using a realtor i promise you guys (laughs) 
maybe maybe we'll hook you up man we'll hook you up with somebody yeah. out there yeah for sure so so um gosh what were we going to talk about besides gosh we got off what were we put on here theaters, man oh, columbia it's all good no, what's going on, man? We got Costco requiring you to dress like a bandit. Yeah, dude, where are you on this whole thing, man? Like, are you uh um I can tell you Rory, because Rory wears a tinfoil hat, and his tinfoil hat is not exclusive to one side or the other. It shifts, it slides on the scale. So it's just whatever. In a in a week, Rory will be on uh firmly on the side of this is all a hoax, and then a couple days later, he'll be fully on the side of wearing his mop gear out to make sure that he doesn't die, and then a couple days later. He'll be out, um, you know, scratching his beard in public and not worried about Dude, it. So I'm right there with you, Rory. I'm, 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 I'm torn all three directions and sometimes in the same five minute span. <laughs> yeah. Are you, um, I mean, when you're out and about, are you, uh, are you masking up? Are you at uh, full gas, you know, gas level or what? I, uh, I wash my hands a little bit more than I used to. I watch what I touch. I try yeah. to be respectful of people's six foot area. And, and that's my main deal is like, I, I don't want to be the guy that, that gives this to somebody else. When I came back from um, Seattle and this was January 7th or 8th, I, I, um, the day before I came back, like it it came on immediately in fact it was on the bus or the little train that was going from downtown seattle back to uh SeaTac airport to our hotel i i like it was so, it came on so quick i felt good at lunch and dinner and then yeah. i dude i just crashed spiked about 103 104 fever on the plane back to seattle or back to kansas city and the timeline doesn't fit the original thing of this but um came back all of my family got sick i never got tested for for flu or strep but but both of my kids got tested for flu and strep and they were both negative so um i think that that i've already had it just i mean that's my professional you know landscaper's opinion of my personal health care <laughs> so um, but I don't want to be that guy who who is shedding some virus and and kills the 65 year old lady down the road. So super respectful of of people's space around me. But yeah, the mask thing. I mean, I think there's enough information out there to say that like, yeah, yeah. really not you know, doing. It's it funny you bring that up because I know some people they get concerned about that. Like, oh, I don't want to be the one that spreads it. Um, I'm like that too, but I can't let it. I can't let it bog me down. Yeah. Um, I've, and like Lucas said, I've kind of gone, I've kind of gone back and forth when this all first started. I thought, okay, yeah, let's shut everything down. This makes sense. Yeah. We can sell everything. Um, as time has gone on, I'm starting to think more and more about the entire story and also looking at the facts and the data versus modeling, which yeah. Don't get me started on modeling because modeling, I've now come to a conclusion that modeling, if anybody looks at modeling as the gospel, they've got right. some mental issues because modeling yeah. is horrible. Right. So if you look at the data in our buddy, Greg Boyko, he sent us a video a couple of days ago, Dr. Erickson out of uh, California, I think the Sacramento area, no Bakersfield. Um, if you listen to that guy's press conference, he's just talking strictly data. Yeah. And, and what he's saying on there is, we need to open things back up. What what we did versus the the, the hit that our economy is taking, it, it was too 
drastic. And he said, here's the thing. When everything first started hitting, I thought that Dr. Fauci, Dr. Burks, everybody that was given the president information about this entire thing, I yeah. think they did the right thing because we didn't have any data from China. Yeah. We didn't have any data from anywhere else. But now that we've got American data, the data says we need to open back up. The data says we need to, you know, be careful, have a mask if be if, careful. if you need to. Wash yeah. your hands more. Do the six feet distancing. Don't pick your nose and eat it. And definitely right. don't pick your boogers and feed them to your friends. Right. And, and you know, the thing is, is that the Dr. Erickson, what he talked about was, is he said, we're going to have to be careful because this whole idea of a second wave, it's going to be a self-fulfilling prophecy because everybody's been quarantined in their house and not had a chance to intermingle and build up some immunity to fight this. And yeah. so if we just open wide, open wide up again, we're going to have that second wave. It's going to be a natural thing because the way we've done it, he said in society, it, that's not necessarily the way to do that where you want to quarantine those that are, those that are older. You want to quarantine those that are, um, have some immunity problems. Those yeah. that have some issues, you quarantine them to keep them safe. And you quarantine the people that are safe. Back out there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so I find myself yeah. now saying, yes, we need to open things back up. I'm all for a, a, a slow approach to doing it in the sense of let's do phase one, then let's do phase two, then let's do phase three. I'm not saying let's flip the switch on tomorrow, but I'm saying let's start opening things back up. Uh, just, you know, they're going to open up. Luke knows this. They're going to open up uh, parks around here. Hopefully in Puyallup, they're going to open up parks soon. Uh, but I think that's that's the first step. Keep the playgrounds closed, but open up the parks. Allow us to Dude. walk around. I'll stay away from people. I've been doing if, that for years. <laughs> if they don't, if they don't let you guys start fishing, somebody needs to to. Yeah, Tuesday, the, bro. That's the. <laughs> I'll never in my whole life understand that one ever. Yeah, dude. Tuesday, they're supposed to open that back up. I. I literally just want to slap the governor. I'm like, you've never uh, gone fishing before in your life. Yeah, There's yeah, never absolutely. been a time absolutely. where I'm on the he's river. He's never I, been anywhere where you can fish, it sounds like. No. <laughs> Dude, when have you ever been fishing? Yeah. And you're on the river of the lake and you see some other guys. You're like, oh, let me go over there and see let those guys. <laughs> <around> <laughs> yeah. Hey, guys. Hey, fellas. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. And I'm I'm definitely right there, right there with you. It's just when you don't know anything about it, you got to – you're definitely in a spot where you have to take someone else's opinion on it. And gosh, the way information is now, and, and this whole coronavirus thing highlights it, the, just the freaking vomit of information that's out there. It's completely impossible to discern. And you know what drives me nuts is the freaking agenda yeah. of oh, the media. Terrible. Of the media. Take your hatred of the president out of the equation yeah. and just give us the facts. Like right. what drives me nuts, oh boy, you got me on a tangent now. What yeah. drives me nuts is <laughs> like this whole thing where the president, the president said to, to inject Lysol into your lungs. That's not what he said. If you, right. if you look at the context, the entire context of that entire situation, that is not what he said. But the media and some high ranking people in government all took that completely out of context yeah. and, and people ran with it. People on social yeah. media ran with it and it just, it drove me nuts. Okay. So Magruder, I'm going to get, I got to get somebody going on this. There's a podcast called no agenda. You got to listen to it because the, the, this past episode on Sunday, 
they played it completely the, the, the full thing in context. Yeah. And they're just like, this is how the media is so nasty. This is how the media is so gross is because they didn't play it in context. And I love this podcast because they completely rip the media. They just rip them a new one saying, this is how bogus the media is. But you got to yeah. check it out, man. I, I, I love the agenda. It, 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 it's fantastic. Give it about three shows and you'll be sucked in and you'll have to yeah. listen to it. Yeah, I mean, I think it, the world is is hungry. Uh, the United States is hungry, man, for, for a uh, a Walter Cronkite who's just going to stand in front of you and spit out verified factual information. <laughs> But it doesn't exist, man. It doesn't exist. Yeah. I, so t for me to learn some version of the truth or, or as close as I can get to the truth on, on something that's this big, I've got a, it's a 10 hour a day job, dude. No joke. Because it changes so fast because it's new and there is oh, yeah. so much agenda and, and BS out there. So, man. Yeah, and and Preston there. Um, I believe I'm it. Hundred percent sure who you are, but yeah, I'll read Al Jazeera. I don't care if it provides a different yeah. angle on it. But how the heck do you discern between this group that's telling you, yeah, you go out and and you you can French kiss your neighbor. It doesn't matter. And then this group that's telling you if you leave your front door, you're probably going to go kill three people. You know. Well, I think that's the problem with our society, David, is that we get people that just look at headlines and they run with it. They don't yeah. actually stop to read the article. I mean, I don't know how many times I've seen a headline, you know, people post it on Facebook, this headline of, oh my gosh, about something. And then I'm like, yeah. eh, before I make a comment, I want to read the article. And I'll read yeah. the article and I'll be like, oh my gosh, this has nothing to do with what that headline says. Right. Yeah, I just saw one of those this morning. Yeah. Well, part of it, too, that, that goes into the marketing, right? Because people are getting paid for clicks. That's what so, it is. Yeah. It's the clickbait, and so they have to do something to to drive that, you know, that income, yeah. that, those marketing dollars. Yeah. And, uh, and we're, uh, we're definitely still, I mean, believe it or not, we're and that's that's a huge part of my job is is digital marketing. Um, yeah. We're definitely still in the wild west stages of the internet, right? Where where it's just it's a huge platform for anybody to put any bunch of nonsense out there. So if somebody can solve that problem of, of becoming a verified source, and I don't want, you know, the, the second biggest search engine of, of all of them is YouTube and YouTube gives more credence to, to people who pay them more. It's just a function of how they operate. Right. So yeah. CNN is going to get a spot above, you know, uh, above somebody who, who, you know, someone like no agenda, you know? So it's just, it's a, it's a shame and they'll get it figured out eventually. And eventually we'll get our Walter Cronkite back and, and that person will be super rich, but man, the agenda's out there. I'm with you, Rory. It's, it's deadly. Well, one of the problem is, is that you've got major advertisers for all these news programs and you've got uh, drug companies and you've got uh, entities owned. But I'll say it. We've got entities in our country owned by China. So you've yeah. got drug companies and those entities owned by China. They're the ones that hold the purse strings and they're the ones that that pay for all of these uh, network TV shows and, and CNN and Fox News and all that. And so that is a major part of the problem right now, where if your advertiser doesn't like you putting the truth out there, hey, yeah. we don't want you to talk about that. And yeah. 
And so that, to me, that's a big, big problem right now. You know, and the thing is, some people say, well, I hate the fact that the president gets to go up there and talk for an hour. It's like a political campaign rally. No, it's not. It's not a political yeah. campaign rally. Yes, he's saying some things that can be construed as dumb. Yeah. But the thing is, is that we're getting the information from him. So we can make that decision in our heads yeah. if we think the president is being stupid or if he's actually providing something. And this is yeah. the same thing. With, with Governor Inslee. Governor Inslee does his press conferences, and I get to decide as a citizen if I if if what he's saying jives or doesn't. And when yeah. I when I hear things about how they had to they, they put that um, that medical hospital in Century Link Event Center, but no, they never used it. They broke it down and sent it to a different state. Well, right there, that's a red flag to me. Of well, maybe we're not overloaded in the hospitals. Why are right. we? Not opening up fishing at the very least opening up fishing but so <laughs> i don't need i don't need sean hannity i don't need don lemon i don't need somebody to tell me what to think i yeah. can hear what the governor says and go that doesn't make sense to me right right but at the same time you're running that through a filter of of well i'm not an expert on viruses and you know i got i got common sense so you try to educate yourself on on viruses and things like that and even that information is is so jaded at times that gosh we just need a we need a source of of true information and scientific america you know that's pretty good or or any of these scientific journals but still who has time to sit and read all that i mean it's it's just it's a nightmare, man, and I'm I'm with you on 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 just being back and forth on all of that stuff. It's let me uh, let me grab my tinfoil hat for a second and put it on. So one of the things about was it hydrocloxacorin or whatever it is? Yeah. This McGruder probably knows if that has more than we do. It's probably something he uses on the grass. On the yeah, well, yeah. Well, yeah. here's what drives me nuts: is is the hydro clock crock you the people in the comments can can correct Hydro me. hydroxychloroquine that it right there hydroxychloroquine oh, yeah. the smartest guy on this show we just determined that so here's the thing here's my tinfoil hat there's not a patent on that the patent has expired so why would news programs start saying well, that one might not be a good one to use. Instead, right. let's use this one that has a patent on it that yeah. we can make some money off of. The other thing is, what's what's the name of it again? Hydroxychloroquine. So chloroquine is absolutely fatal. Right. Hydroxychloroquine is yeah. not fatal. Yeah. And they don't. The media. This is now. I'm on. Now I'm on a freaking soapbox. The media nuts because. You've got that where it's not a, it's not in patent anymore, so drug companies can't make a ton of money, and so you got the media out there saying, "Oh, don't use it because it could be fatal." No, no, chloroquine is fatal, not hydroxychloroquine, and it just okay. So that there's my tinfoil hat. Put it over here for now. Yeah, but I mean, there's something to that. That's the that's the joys and the pains of capitalism, right? Is is you know, it, you, the money is going to dictate what happens and unfortunately money dictates the media and and you know that's what sucks when we don't have um and and i'm definitely not advocating this but gosh a time like this would be pretty refreshing for 
a, a Kim Jong-un to stand up and say, this is what's up. This is how it is. This is what we're doing. Shut up. You know, <laughs> this is, uh, you know, and, and for that person to be, you know, benevolent and, and maybe a nicer person than, than, you know, than that guy, but, but to have a, to have the truth out there right now would be, would be so valuable, but we're being fed uh, just a, an alphabet soup, just, from a fire hose uh, and trying to figure this out and keep our families safe and, and keep our neighbors safe and not kill 70 year old Betty across the street. And, you know, all of these things, you know, it's just, it's, it's, it really is miserable, but I also look at, you know, always kind of try to find the bright side and some good stuff is going to come out of it too. Like, like, like hopefully, you know, if, if hydroxychloroquine and zinc and and azithromycin are the treatment well you know if there's a treatment out there that's going to ease a lot of the the social anxiety you know um as far as a as far as a a a vaccine goes how long did it take for them to come up with a vaccine for hiv which is a virus it's not a coronavirus and i'm probably talking about something i have no business talking about but it could be it could be yeah it could be way longer than than 18 months before they come out with a virus so i'm not waiting for a virus i want to know there's two things i want to know right now that you that are pretty much unknowable without time you know is number one if i've had it before is it like chicken pox? You get it once when you're five years old, you stay at home for a week and you're done. Or is it like the common cold where you get it and then you might get it three weeks from now too, you know? I want to know that. And then and then I just want a treatment, man. Come up with some kind of treatment that that you know, solve those two problems and 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 that leaves a lot of the social anxiety, and I'll be amongst forty thousand of my best friends back at uh, Kauffman Stadium watching the Royals. I'm in love with you, dude. And this is the this is the other part of it for me. You ain't putting a vaccine in my body. I'm sorry. Like you're just gonna have to deal with me freaking uh, going herd uh, herd immunity. So, and uh, I'm not saying I'm one of these anti-vax guys or or whatever the case, but yeah. If you are out there and you're relying on our government to throw together a vaccination and then be like, yeah, I'm good. Pump it into me. And, and you're feeling OK about that. You really need to rethink things, man. Uh, yeah. I was in the Marine Corps and they promised me that the anthrax vaccination was tested and safe. It was all good to go. You know, go ahead. Pump that thing into your body. You're going to be fine. And, not, and, and you're going to be you're going to stand up against anthrax. And, you know, when, when it happens. If you get it in combat or whatever the case is, and now here we are 15 years later, and I got buddies that are having violent nightmares and depressions and breaking out all kinds of crap that they relate to the the um, anthrax vaccination that our government said, oh, no, we spent years developing this. They said they spent years developing it. Yeah, and that we were safe. And now they want me to be like, yeah, we just mix this up in the bathtub yeah. out there next to the homebrew. And uh, you're good. Yeah. You're good. No, yeah. no, 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 no. That ain't going in me. That ain't yeah. going in me. I didn't and even worse. It's it's going to the lowest bidder who can produce it the fastest. Yeah, right? I was um, because was of money. True story. I when I was in the Marine Corps, the uh, the anthrax vax was something you got four times. You had to get it like four times, uh, right. like every two weeks. Yeah. And I kept dodging it. I was like, I was not going to Doc's office to get it. And finally, Doc got me, and he he pulled me into his office. And Doc was a solid dude, but. 
he pulled me in. I'm like, dude, I don't want that. I, you know, and he, he looked at me, he's like, you don't want, you, are you, you're legit? Like, and I'm like, dude, I want nothing to do with this. And, um, I was like, look, here's the deal. I'm getting out in like three months, four months anyway. So you're going to pump me full of this thing and then I'm going to get out and it doesn't matter. So he actually, uh, he actually marked my records that I had got it. And what you'd have to do usually when you got it, what they had you do is they'd go in there, they'd give it to you in your arm and you'd get this like monkey bump looking thing. It would like knot up in your arm. And then they would have you like bang out like 20, 25 pushups right there. Like, cause it would get things flowing and, yeah, and kind of rolling. Yeah. Yeah. So I kid you not. He was like, <laughs> he's like, put your arm out. And he freaking drilled me in the arm, gave me this little monkey bump on my bicep. <laughs> and he's like, knock out some pushups. So I'm like, <laughs> pump some pushups out. So I was all sweaty and I walked out and he marked down that I got the vaccine and I never did. And, uh, you know, we look back on it now and I, dude, I call up doc. That dude is retired in Hawaii. I'm like, Hey brother, I appreciate you. You might've saved yeah. me some violent nightmares, man. And whatever else these people are dealing with. So yeah. anyway, there's my tinfoil hat. The government is not going to throw together a vaccination that they mixed in the bathtub and uh, pump it in my body anytime soon. Well, part of the mm -hmm. problem I have is, uh, again, tinfoil hats right over here. Uh, the Gates Foundation, they're kind of behind this idea of getting a vaccine put together. And yeah. I know we make the joke of, you know, Bill Gates couldn't stop viruses from hitting Windows 95 and Windows Vista and all that kind of stuff. But the Gates Foundation does some good things in the world. And the Gates Foundation does some very sketchy things in the world. And if anybody wants to take the time to go look up what their agenda is, that worries me if they're the ones that are behind a vaccine. Um, and so yeah, I'm with you, man. I'm with you that I'm like, eh, you know what? I I'm going to, I'm just going to expose myself as much as I can and just try and, yeah. you know, be healthy and everything that I can possibly do. And, yeah. you know, I'll, I'll, I'll take the chance. I don't, I don't want your vaccine inside of me. It, it just, if they, if they say in the next three weeks, Hey, we got a vaccine. I'm legitimately skeptical. <laughs> yeah. No, 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 no. Not yeah. happening. Yeah, I know, I'm with you. It's the, the the treatment is is way more promising than the vaccine for sure, as far as easing mm -hmm. social anxiety. Because yeah, it, yeah. I mean, it, you know, it could well, be used to to put. You look at some of the CIA psyops and all that stuff. I mean, there's some shady stuff that they've done, and that's that's verifiable. You know, and and this could be their opportunity to put you know, whatever they want because they've created the largest demand for for a huge rush of people to go to their local doctor and get injected with whatever, you know? So, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm not, uh, I don't, I don't hate you for that take at all. Yeah, no, not at all. Preston says, Luke, did you get the anthrax vaccine in the military? He Negative. shook it, man. He I shook, shook it. it man. He yeah, broke dude, his I dodged it. it. I was hiding in the Shoot hallway. It. Yeah. <laughs> Ain't none of that. Dude, it's um gosh, I can remember Presto was in the military, man. I, I can remember going into the Marine Corps. God only knows what they shot into me that first night once I got down to uh MTRD. <laughs> Basically, you walked into that uh, that white room and dropped trow and just pointed a butt cheek at him and they just loaded <laughs> uh -huh. so, hey, throw darts, boys. Yeah, man. The fact that I don't like turn green when I get angry and uh, you know join the Avengers is really mind-numbing to me because I don't know what the hell they put in me, to be honest. So it's um yeah i don't know man no vaccination for me i was watching that thing dr Katz the other day um i um yeah so yeah presto avoided it too dude you're smart man and um 
what is uh what does he say he's like the best thing you can do eat healthy be healthy be active build up your immune system like he goes yeah. it's not rocket science like we say this on everything right you want to avoid the common cold you want to avoid the flu or whatever be healthy it's you know and it's funny because america doesn't want to hear that right right yeah america, i mean and, and i get you know it's unique in the fact that it lives in the air a lot longer than a lot of other stuff has so you know, right. avoid that 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 space between people type of deal. I get I get that, and and wash your dirty hands. You know, whatever. It, it, it's it's like a lot of that common sense stuff is going to get you a long way. But a, a huge part of me thinks that, and and I'll, I mean, maybe someday I'll figure it out. But but somebody is is really running an experiment to try to see how easy it is to to get people to follow these orders right and yeah, yeah. and and i'm i'm working through my mind on figuring out who that is i've got my suspicions and and i think it's <laughs> I, yeah exactly i'm with you i think it's uh, i think it's people that are trying to pull us into more like a globalized government type of deal that's that's kind of yeah, the conclusion yeah. i'm at right now but Gosh, it wasn't that dang hard to do. And no, dude, I joke. I, I I was joking the other day, but I'm dead serious. Like, if they posted up, well, I, I swear to you, if they posted up with a table, man, like a fold-out table, right outside of Costco, and said, "Hey, you can't come in until we give you this vaccine." Yeah, people would just be like rolling up their sleeves, you know, like, "Yeah, here's my Costco card. How much is it? You put it on my <laughs> so, Costco." Like, so where where are you guys at with that Costco deal? I mean, I've got a Costco card, and I don't go there much. And and fortunately, my wife wears a mask all day at work, so she's probably got no problem running in there with a mask on. Dude, I haven't put a mask on since I went elk hunting in New Mexico in 2005, and that was to stay hidden from elk. Right. Yeah. That yeah. was so the elk couldn't see me. And and so I could murder one. I don't mask up, dude. And um, I just I haven't once done it yet. Um, yeah, I it's funny. I put one on one time and I looked in the before I went in the store because like uh, Rachel's mom made these masks or whatever. And she gave it to me. And so I, it was in the car. And I'm like, all right. I like put it on. I looked at myself in the rearview mirror. and I was like, no, this ain't yeah. happening. And um, I just, I don't know, man, it's to me, just be smart, you know, don't, don't yeah. cough on me, please. And uh, yeah. like, and I would have that rule um, any other time. Of yeah, my life. 100%. So uh, that's not changing and sanitize yeah. and, you know, Rory and I with our industry, and I'm sure with you too, man, it's, you know, we're out turning doorknobs a lot. And uh, yeah. so we both carry sanitizer in the car and, you know, just, you know give yourself a little a little squirt when you uh when you're done showing homes or whatever yep. and yep well you know i was wearing a mask for a little bit and i still got one in my car yeah. uh, but i just started thinking about things i started thinking about you, you know like one of the things i talked to my dad about because my dad uh he's in his mid-60s and he wears a mask and he wears gloves when he goes out and i and i asked him i said okay so you do all that when you go in the grocery store when you come out of the grocery store are you still wearing your mask and, and gloves and he says well yeah i'm yeah. still wearing my mask I said, are you still wearing your gloves when you go to grab your keys to open up the trunk? And he's, he said, no, actually, I take off my gloves. I said, OK, so so you're using a little bit of sense there. But I see some people out there, they glove up, they mask up and they go grocery shopping and then they get in their car and they keep the gloves on and they start driving away. And I'm thinking to myself, you're you're kind of defeating the purpose of all this stuff. I mean, you yeah. really have to be anal 
to take off the gloves, put on a new set of gloves, you know, redo the mask, all that kind of stuff. And and so I, I'm kind of taking the approach, I guess I'm being a little bit of a maverick and saying, you know what? I'm going to use hand sanitizer. I'm going to try and stay away from you best I can. Let's not breathe on each other. Let's see where this goes. That's kind of where I'm at at this point now. Yeah, honestly. Still wear gloves. Like tonight, um, I help out with the local food bank. So tonight, I'm going to go deliver some food to some people. Same kind of thing. I'll wear gloves. I'll go grab the stuff. I'll put it on the porch, knock on the door, stand back, take off my gloves when I head back to the car use some hand sanitizer, just kind of just using some common sense is, yeah. is what I'm doing now. Yeah. And honestly, I think the PPE stuff, the gloves and the masks are, are really just a show. I mean, I remember back to, uh, to, uh, um, Oh, first aid class at, at North Mason, man. And like they showed you how you're supposed to take these gloves off so you don't infect your, you know, so you're exactly, you pull this one off and you keep it in your hand and you grab this one and pull, you know. So, but but then you watch the people at the grocery store and they're like, dude, you, go, you probably go to the bathroom with those gloves and, and you, it's a false sense of security. So yeah, I'm not, I get people wearing gloves and masks and stuff, but that's, I, I mean that false sense of security is is kind of dangerous in its own right, right? So so now that you're wearing a mask, are, is it cool for you to stand in my personal space and breathe your aromas all over me? Oh my oh, god, that drives me nuts. Yeah, and I just you know I don't know, man. It's how long can it all go on? You know, it's uh, you know, it's <laughs> well according to the models, it can go on for another year. Well, you know, it's funny because I go back to that vaccination thing. I've heard so many people be like, well, 18 months until the vaccination. And I'm like, so you're telling me in 18 months, you're going to allow the government to shoot something in your rear end and then just rip off the mask and carry on with your life. Uh, I, I mean, you know, until what the next thing comes out. I don't know, man. Yeah. Kansas City, Kansas City, uh, you know, they've got their, they're doing these phases, May 4th. Um, and I, and I, you know, just like everything, you're torn between, all right, that makes sense, but golly, that's a heck of a an, an invasion on my liberty, right? So yeah. they've got this 10-10-10 rule, and it's pretty good, right? So they're keeping everything at 10% of, uh, of building capacity just to, to do the social distancing thing, right? And, and then, um, and then, or the larger the two, the 10% of building capacity or 10 people. And then um, the other 10 is if you're at a place for longer than 10 minutes, you have to give your contact information, name, phone number, et cetera. And the reason they say is because then that way they can track back if they have a, an outbreak and they say, all right, well, these 10 people were at that bar with you. So we're going to contact them and say, you've had a possible exposure. I get it, but man, that no, is, it's like, okay, I'll what wait. else are you going to do with that information? Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's so hard. So that's well, the other thing is, is that we've got these bad boys right here. Yeah. yeah. And so who's to say that Apple and Google don't South do it that we don't south know korea. about all of a sudden, that's, that's yeah. what south korea did and south korea has been super successful at it but again you get back into you know into into um into individual liberty south korea basically put an app on everybody's phone that said all right we're tracking you and if you're within 
you know, six feet of somebody who's had had a, 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 the disease, then we're going to contact you and you're going to sell, you're going to quarantine, not self-quarantine because they're telling you you are. But it's right. effective. It's essentially the same thing they've done in Kansas City, but with with technology. But yeah, that is that that little invasion on my liberty. I mean, that, that, I don't know, man. I mean, I'm sure if I get thirsty and, and want to go to the bar, I'll probably sign the piece of paper. But I don't know. <laughs> my name might be uh, 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 Fred Sampson and, and my phone number might be, you know, something very far from reality. But one nine hundred. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, <laughs> yeah. One nine hundred mix a lot. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I, uh, golly, man. That's yeah. Right. How, how much do you love beer? And that's, you know, that would play yeah. on my heartstrings. But I'll um, go buy it at the grocery store. Yeah. Yeah, but essentially, they're, they're they're by you saying that they're accomplishing their goal of keeping you out of of public places, man. Yeah, yeah, know. absolutely. It's it's, it's a funny, hard China, to crack for sure. China, they did the app thing too. It worked really well with them. It's called TikTok. They're tracking half of America. Right <laughs> yeah, they're tracking all American teenagers too. <laughs> I got my I got my daughter on the bandwagon because she was like, "Why can't I have TikTok?" And so I sent her this video that I actually sent Rory the other day that was played on the uh, in Congress um, about you know TikTok and it's a Chinese platform and what they do with it and how it can monitor everything else on your phone. I sent that to her. She's forwarding it to her friends. I fully got her, you know, she's like, all right, dad, you know, she's in she's in on the mission now. I'm like, we got to do away with this this uh this Chinese invasion. Yeah. Yeah. I see that that um I see that that little statement there, Donna, and I don't know how ubiquitous it is in, in your guys' community, but you know, two, three years ago, everybody and their brother had to have a, either a ring or a nest doorbell, right? Oh yeah. <laughs> who's to say, yeah, they're going to, they're going to know who's coming in your house and who's not. Right. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. They don't need drones for that, man. They there's, I mean, I'd say 75% of people I know have a, have a video camera telling the whole world who's well, the whole world uh, recording it on video accessible to whoever's got the ability to access it access it well yep. coming I, in your struggle, house. I struggle having an alexa device because i like i like having that at my fingertips or i guess my mouth yeah. but yeah. at the same time it's like don't tell me you're not listening don't tell me you're not uh learning things about me well, hey, they're just listening for when you say okay alexa that's all they're listening to right that's all yeah. they're listening to yeah no i've got them too and it's i've got i've got my okay googles and when i bought them i was like all right well i'm okay with them listening and my 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 camera here please put me on camera somewhere i want to entertain somebody you know somebody yeah. can see me you know, with my shirt off, you know, checking my email in the morning, have at it, whatever. But you know, the 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 good thing about that is we can all get rid of those devices. We can all chuck our phone in in the water and then escape. But when they start putting, you know, stuff inside your butt, you know, injecting <laughs> you with things. Who knows, man? Who yeah. knows? What was that movie? What was that movie? Uh was it inner space or uh from gosh the 80s 90s where they injected yeah yep. good lord yeah what is uh let's see what does cloudy say they already have are using phone tracking they utilize the tracking to find out who the one mason county death was in con wow yeah there you go so wow 
I didn't know that. That's crazy. That is crazy. Did you guys, I don't know if any of your friends are as fun as my friends are, but there's a text message running around that starts out like you have been contacted because you're in contact with somebody that had the coronavirus. You are specifically susceptible because you have a really small wiener. <laughs> but like the first 30 seconds of it was super official sounding. But then after that, it started going on. About I think I have that same friend, dude. Yeah, um, <laughs> hilarious. My oh, favorite one going around here, and you you like this one. You know, all the people that are putting things out there, like if you've been here, then you're immune or whatever. Yeah. So somebody that I know from Port Orchard or something like that posted a picture of the old Toys Topless in yeah. Gorse. Oh God, yes. And it said, if you ever visited Toys Topless, you're yeah. immune. And yeah. I was like, all of us who were like North Mason graduates, like <laughs> Toys Topless is like a rite of passage. Like we're all yeah. good. We're, yeah, we're exactly. Good. If you, yeah. if you if you had whiskers on your chin and were 16 years or older, you've been to Toys Topless. <laughs> you were making the run. Um, yeah, Rach, the other night, she just texted me. She reminded me of something. We were actually in our bedroom. We have Alexa in the house, you know, yeah. and I've gone back and forth on it. I just love having the music at my fingertips so I can play whatever I want when I want and all that. Um, but it was funny because uh she says what we were talking about something we were we were watching like a, the ted bundy uh thing on amazon and then yep. something about the fbi came up and i said i walked into our bedroom and i said something and i said fbi and all of a sudden alexa started talking about the fbi <laughs> but, but nobody here's the thing nobody said alexa mm-hmm. all we said was fbi and she yeah. kicked on and started saying and, and asked a question and I can't remember what she asked. Asked something about the FBI. And Rachel looked at her, her eyes got all wide. And I'm like, and I was like, Alexa, shut up. And uh, she went quiet. And uh, like last couple of days, we've been like, God, that was weird. Neither one of yeah. us said Alexa. We just said FBI. And she kicked on. Oh, she's listening. They're all listening for sure. I mean, it's yeah. it's really it really is. A, I mean, and uh, coming from that digital marketing background, I mean, it's as simple as as putting a pixel on, you know, uh, on a, on a website, right? So when you click on a website, there's a little pixel and that thing follows you around. Well, it's simple to do with conversation as well. So me and my wife are sitting in here talking about, you know, gosh, that, that new um, Silverado 1500 looks good. And then the next time I get online, you know, boom, every other ad I see is from Chevy, you know? Mm -hmm. I like to mess with that. Yeah, you meet a buddy at a bar, set the phone down in the middle of you, and then start talking about blow-up dolls or something and just wait. <laughs> yeah. Then get on your phone 10 minutes later and see what kind of advertising you have. Yeah, kind of a, a, a funny thing on that, too, is is uh, every time my wife says, okay, Google, I yell child pornography. or something. <laughs> <laughs> Just something ridiculous, you know, so that she gets put on whatever watch list is out there. Ricky Beal and I used to jump on the phone. Lady Midwest girl that you've ever met. Yeah, oh yeah, dude. Uh, Rick Beal and I, when we used to get on the phone, we would go like immediately. Our first like two minute or like minute of conversation would be like the most like dude on dude erotic thing you've ever heard in your life. Like, <laughs> like if I called him, he would pick up the phone and say something, you know about uh, sexy balls or something like that. And we'd go back and forth for a minute. And then I'd be like, all right, well, now that we've weirded out the FBI enough that they're not listening to us, we can carry on with our conversation. But there you go. Yeah. But, you, you know, go. they're going to listen. Who, You know, at this point, 
in my mind, it's it's funny. My buddy David Quantrell, he was a Marine as well, and he's got devices everywhere. I mean, he's got the one in his car. He took that thing. We were all in Vegas in um, October. He brought Alexa with us and set it up in the hotel room, and so he could listen to his music in the morning and all this. But um, he's uh, I, I give him a hard time about how much he has that in his life. He's in his opinion. He's just. He's like, I got nothing to hide, dude. I don't care. The, the worst thing, the FBI is going to think I'm really weird. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I'm like, yeah, that's about it. Same. I see a- Andrea said something about having speakers. And really, I mean, uh, yeah, that's that's the way to do it. And uh, I mean, but yeah. honestly, who wants, you know, when the convenience of saying, you know, hey, Google, play Turnpike Troubadours is out there. Who wants to run to their 100-disc changer and switch it to CD number 47 because you remember it that you know you know it's there it's it's just playing off of that convenience and the options out there i mean yeah we can do it we hell we could we could we could throw an eight track in the in the in the truck or whatever but it's the convenience of yeah. that they've given us but oh yeah with that convenience comes this well andrea i can tell you i, I can tell you i've started to do that um i got a I got a Bluetooth, a JBL Bluetooth speaker a couple of years ago, but I never opened it up. And um, I opened it up about three weeks ago. And I've been starting to do that where I don't have an Alexa or a Google device in my bedroom anymore. It used to be really convenient, you know, set the alarm. It would wake me up in the morning. But again, I'm like, you know what? Let's start, let, let's start like moving Alexa to one particular yeah. area. Yeah. And so, yeah, I've got that Bluetooth speaker and it sounds really good. So I do that. I just, you know, connect it to my phone real quick and then boom. I'm off. So yeah, it's an extra step or two, but it's just one of the things I'm doing to change. Yeah. And I'm, I'm, go ahead, Luke. Well, you got to go all in though. I think, I mean, we're talking about the phones, like, and that's part of what I've thought about. It's like, okay, I can get rid of Alexa, but if I don't get rid of my phone, what am I really doing? I mean, right. cause, that, cause my phone's listening to everything as well. Same so technology. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's like, okay. it's a microcosm of this whole talk about the coronavirus. You, yeah. you know, you bring up a great point. It's like, if you're going to go off the grid, well then, Go, go ahead and go off. Yeah. yeah, I gotta go back to I gotta go yeah. back to rotary dial, dude. It's you know, it's uh, <laughs> that's the way it is. Yeah, smoke signals, smoke signals. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but but I, I I mean I advise everybody I know to I mean there's cheap property out there, man. Go find you a little piece of cheap property out there in the woods, and you know, no cell phones, no nothing. When you go there. When you get when I go down to Ozark County, which borders Arkansas, you know, five hours south of here, I'm not bringing you know my cell phones yeah. at home. Uh, that's my escape, man, and and learn how to live without it because. But gosh, you're right. The convenience that it offers and and my schedule, like as far as my calendar, I'd have no idea where I'm supposed to be if I didn't have my phone in my pocket. You know. Yeah. Uh, yeah all of that stuff and and it all preys on each other and and you know you hope that people are are doing the right thing with it but um the money to be made you know when the government prints money in pallets that's where the money comes from you know so the government is going to eventually get access to that information and and you just trust or hope that that they have decent intentions or get ready to throw your stuff in, in the woods and, and go live, you know. Harper says he has a friend who's off the grid and he posts on Facebook several times a day. Yeah, it's uh, 
There will come a time for me. My kids, my kids joke around me. They give me a hard time. I'm like, dad, you always say you're going to go off the grid. And I'm like, I am going to go off the grid. Like, how yeah. are we going to see you? And I'm like, don't worry. You know, you, if you want to come see me, you can send a letter and then I'll chopper you in from wherever blindfolded. But yeah, um, one thing there, there will come a time in my life and um, where, you know, once all this real estate gig is, is behind us and I don't need to be at everyone's fingertips to, you know, show yeah. how the market and all that kind of stuff where, I don't know that I'll carry around a phone, you know, I don't, yeah. I, I'm fine without it. Uh, you know, Rachel would argue with me. I know. Cause she's like, Oh, you're always on it. I'm like, I'm always on it now because of the convenience. But if I, yeah. you know, once it's all said and done and I don't need it for work, I'll, I'll gladly you know, just toss it and, and, and live life, man. I'm, I'm good. So, yeah. and, and you know, you'll know sometime you're like, man, Luke hasn't posted on Facebook in a while. Yeah. My, well, my, 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 my PSA on all of that stuff is, is, uh, familiarize yourself with uh, VPNs, virtual private networks. And it's, it's ways to, you know, there's, there's ways that you can um, privatize your stuff. But again, you're dealing with a company who's, who's collecting money to secure your privacy. And it's only as private as that company's um, desire to uh, make money. So, but yeah, VPNs are, are key for sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, then we got to start wrapping this up, dude. We got yeah, plates dude. and you probably got yards to freaking make sure you're, you're going to go work the earth. Freaking amazing, dude. I love it. Dude, work I want to have earth. you on again, though. Let's get you on here again in two, three months or something. And Anytime. Anytime. Catch back up. Gosh, so. I, I really wanted to, uh, in January, I wanted to make an attempt to, to join you guys. I just wasn't going to be there on a Thursday, but... Um, maybe with one of my trips back, man, we need to, we're, like you said, sit down, break bread and, and have a have a real conversation and, and, and hang out for a bit. And same with, with all of my people from Belfair, you know how it is when you, when you zip through town. I mean, you, oh. your, your desire is to see everybody, but reality is like, I, I need, you know, that's not fair to my mom, my brother, you know, those people to say, Hey, I got to bounce yeah. and go see my buddies um you know it's like you know you, you got to see those people but but i need to get back there for a for a week or so where i've got some time to visit with with some of you guys and and i and love hey. it dude. i love it i you know when i was in the marine corps i ended up um i had the same issue whenever i'd come home everyone wanted to hang out and yeah. i ran myself ragged trying to like see people yeah, yeah it ends up being less enjoyable yeah, I've actually what I did is um I think it's like my second or third time back. I said, here's the deal. This night I'm gonna be here from here from the, you know from here till close or whatever. If you can swing by, let's hang out. And if you can't, dude, it's no hard feelings, no worries. We all got lives to lead, maybe right. next and that's how I, you know, how I kind of got around it. But I'd yeah. say what we are seriously looking at because airfare is so cheap right now. We are, uh, Rachel and I are seriously looking at possibly heading down um, to the Ozarks later this summer um, yeah. to be her family. And usually if we do, we don't fly into Fayetteville because it's twice as expensive to fly in down there yeah. as it is to fly into Kansas City and then drive. So yeah. look at, hey, look at flying into Springfield. Usually you can save money flying into Springfield, but if you I'll guys end up down here, man, for sure, um, yeah. you know, hit me up. Well, for sure. If we're going to fly into, into Kansas City, we'll have to figure out oh, yeah. grabbing grabbing a meal, perhaps a whole yeah. meal of food. So, a whole meal. Yeah, it'll be good. It's well, dude, uh, 
one, I appreciate you making the time. I know Rory and I both do. It's been great catching up. Um, two, dude, um, I, and honestly, like, thank you so much for being so willing to tell the whole story, dude, about, like, everything that happened from senior year on. And you are truly a testament, dude, to not being defined by by one thing like that in your life, dude. So good on you, man. We're all proud of you and happy for you. Yeah. DLTW, a guy, a really smart guy in college taught me that um, in my fraternity. DLTW, don't let them win. Keep that going throughout your life. And uh, yep. man, it's amazing where you'll end up. Absolutely, man. Well, dude, go love on that family is. of yours and uh, take care of that wifey and make sure she stays happy and wants to hang around you. And we'll see you here uh, soon. We'll, we'll get back on in a couple months. Hey, love you guys. Love all the people from North Mesa, even the guys I didn't that I don't know. If, hey, if you're friends of Luke and Rory's, you're friends of mine anytime. Love you, brother. Be safe. Be well. We'll talk to you soon. Absolutely. That was wonderful. Bravo. I loved that. That was great. Well, it was pretty good. Well, it wasn't bad. Well, there were parts of it that weren't very good, It though. could have been a lot better. I didn't really like it. It was pretty terrible. It was bad. It was awful. I was terrible. Get him away. Hey, boo. Boo. End of line.